and welcome to episode 33 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. A lot gone on since the last time we spoke, but before we go on any further, we are joined this week again by Mr. David Grant, just before he disappears off Skype again. Hello, Dave. <laughs> uh, good evening. Back to normal. Uh, good evening, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good to, good to be back on the, um, the night shift. <laughs> Always good, mate. Always good. We might even catch the start of the Bruins game. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> We're also joined by Mr. Andy Stafford, who's just finished his McDonald's. Hello, Andy. How are we doing? Hello, Andy. Uh, hello, Joe. I'm a lot better now, thanks. Yeah, a lot better. Good, good, good. Fill the void. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, and finally, we are joined by the man who took Manchester's Pink the Rink to the next stage over the weekend and dyed his hair too, <laughs> Mr. Gareth Dutton. Hello, Gareth. How are we doing? Well, Joe, I mean, the pictures, they were wonderful. They were wonderful, I have to say, particularly the spray paint at Bold Spot. That was my favourite. <laughs> it was done by yourself as well. It was done by myself. It was, it was, it was, it was uh, a masterpiece. <laughs> I know, I'm, uh, I've taken a picture and I'm lo- uploading it onto my CV as a visual representation of my creative skills. <laughs> That's one way of discriminating, Griff, I'll tell you now. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, so as we say, uh, there's a lot that's gone on since the last time that we spoke. Uh, obviously, the last time we, we covered the, the World Champs, didn't really cover any signings, so there's probably been about, about 40 across the Elite League. Uh, so this episode, we are going to do things a little bit different. Uh, we're going to go through the rosters um, of each team, so we're not going to break it down for each player, just because that would be about six hours long. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start off with the Belfast Giants. Dave, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so... Um... Uh, the, the re-signed players um, from last year, Andrew Dixon, Mark Garside, Lewis Hook, Curtis Leonard, Stephen Murphy, Jordan Smotherman, Paul Swindlehurst. Um, in, they have Ben Lake from Coventry, Kieran Long from Manchester, and Patrick Wonkett from uh, from Poland. Uh, going out of the Giants, uh, Bess Warrenie uh, is over to Slovakia. Uh, Justin Jonner, Darcy Murphy, Blair Riley. Josh Roach and Colin Shields, who obviously we all know is retired. Um, good core group of re-signings, uh, especially the Brit element, uh, and a couple of good signings so far um, on coming into the club, but the major piece of the puzzle is their import goalie. Still to be done. Yeah, it has to be said, it's always going to be an interesting one. We, we always talk about, obviously, the, the importance of goaltending, and uh, you know, particularly this year in the Elite League, I don't think we saw many... I don't think we saw many low-end goalies come in. To be fair, I think a lot of goalies were uh, were very, very good, very top-draw signings. Um, going to be very interesting to see what kind of goalie Belfast can pick up to fill that void of Beskarawani. Obviously, he set him up perfectly for this year, going into Europe, picking up the, the Elite League silverware. Um, so, a big, uh, a big shoes to fill. Yeah, very big shoes to fill. I mean... The signings of Ben Lake and Kira Long will help with the, the loss of the goal-scoring threat that you had in Darcy Murphy. Losing a good D-man as well in Josh Roach, that was going to be a tough one. I mean, you've already touched on the, the fact that Beskowani left. That's going to be a struggle to find an important netty that's of that calibre. I mean, they might have already found one. I mean, could be prevent, I could be called a liar, but you know what? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, obviously, it's a big loss. 
Besco. Uh, but I, I think Adam Keith will already be uh, been looking for uh, this this likelihood of, of him leaving. So I think he will have already found someone, um, if not still looking at, at the really high levels for speaking to someone just as good as Besco. I mean, scoped the awards last season. Uh, so massive, massive uh, boots to fill. But I'm, I'm sure uh, the contacts that Keith has, I think it'll, it'll bring another still in it again. Yeah, it's similar to Cardiff in that aspect. I mean, you know, we, we've heard the, the potential for Cardiff to be losing bounds, obviously showcase himself uh, over in the Worlds. And the thing for me is, as much as people might see it as a positive in the respect of, obviously, Cardiff losing a, a, a top-caliber goalie, the same thing for Belfast as Cardiff for me is that the only thing that will concern me with that is the goalie that they're going to bring in in, in the place of. They're not, they're not going to bring in a low-end goalie. They're playing out in the CHL. They want to push themselves. They want to get to that knockout stage like Nottingham did. They want to contest for the Elite League again so they can go back to the CHL again. They're not going to bring in you know, a, a goalie that they've just kind of gone, oh, OK, we need one, fair enough, let's just pick this guy and, and crack on. They're going to put some serious work into getting the best goalie that they can. And there's going to be a fair few out in the market. There will be a fair few. It just depends on if they can get the right one for for their budget. I mean, there will be some um, top-end ones, as you mentioned, straight from the Worlds, who may not have contracts. Um, but the thing is, there's a fair... You're looking at just browsing the, the, the European markets. There's a number of teams that still haven't picked their starting goal and backup goal in the top leagues, the SM Liga, the SHL, the DEL. So there are going to be some goals floating around. It just depends on, especially Belfast, but Cardiff for the same argument, if they can get that guy that can do the same job. Uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting couple of months for both clubs because obviously they need to get their teams signed up ready uh, for the beginning of August for to start their training camps to get them ready for uh, the CHL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I have to say another one of the players that I'm disappointed to see Belfast sign from a perspective of I'd have liked to have seen him in an orange shirt. I know there's a lot of happy Belfast fans with it. Uh, he's Jordan Smotherman. Um, I know that he upset a few Steelers fans last year in that Steelers fans were getting told there's not many people on the market that we can find. Um, and then Smotherman comes in for Belfast, 19 games left in the season, puts 14 points up in 19 games, coming in you know, a good two-thirds of the way into the season. And he looked dangerous in every game that I saw him in. Absolutely fantastic player. And as I say, I, I'd have loved to have seen him sign in Sheffield. So a fantastic pickup for Belfast, and it's going to be interesting to see what he can do across a full season. Great pickup, but also showed from the off a great team player changing his flight early to go into Belfast hearing that they had an injury problem and he was like you know what change it get me in early I don't care I'm an extra body he put himself straight up whether it was to, to serve himself for the year after but he showed the quality that Belfast desired in terms of that team ethic um, and, and, and the, the type of ethic that any team will want from their players so out of all the, the guys they've re-signed probably is so far the main one that they've got I, I I agree with you on that one. I mean, that's a a stellar a stellar resigning to get Smotherman back. Uh, you you were mentioning you'd have him in orange. I'd have him in the, the purple and yellow of Manchester. He's just one of those players that stands out for you all over. 
I know, and then you could give him a you could give him a nickname like Smuddy, just like Hammy. That'd probably George. Oh, George. Oh, good. Going a bit left field. <laughs> or Smovmeister. I don't know. No, that just reminds me of the Mighty Ducks. The Smovmeister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good re-signing for them. Uh, from the highlights and games I, I saw with them, uh, with Belfast, really good player, uh, solid, um, good goal scorer. Always the... Um, Knew where his teammates were. Some fantastic first-time passes. Um, just whatever ever, everything you want in a player is is Smotherman. You know every aspect of the game is is great at, um, and is is fitted really right in Belfast. And uh, I can see him uh, doing even better this season. Anybody else got any other pickups? I mean, obviously the big two were Ben Lake and Kieran Long. Um, I think they were kind of expected. We certainly we certainly touched on the possibility of Long going to Belfast. Lake was very was kind of very open. We didn't really discuss Lake too much, but by the time it came to us knowing that he was leaving Coventry, I think again it was fairly it was it was fairly obvious where he was going, wasn't it? Yeah, good pickups. Um, you know, Kieran Long um, disappointing from his own perspective that he weren't in Slovakia. Hopefully, he'll be uh, there next year in Switzerland. Um, Great British player, had a career year, needs to back it up, but he's now on a team that will give him the chance to back up his stats. Um, ben Lake, again, another career year, points-wise. Same principle, but a different angle. He now has a team, the resources, to back up his stats. So, as much as they're great pickups for Belfast, they're also, it's also big years for both Ben and Kieran to repeat the success that they had in the 18-19 season. Yeah, it was a, a tough one to take for as a Storm fan to lose Kieran Long, but after the season he had, you knew for a fact he was not going to stay around. He was going to go to one of the big the big clubs. Who Longy? Stringers. <laughs> that was a DPL nickname as well. Oh God! It's a bit like string cheese. It was a massive loss for for Manchester. I think anyone would have wanted him on, on his team. Uh, there's not many Brits like Kieran Long out there right now. Uh, a good um, sort of player to come in since obviously Shields retired. Uh, he's, he's done a lot for Belfast, a lot for Great Britain as well. Uh, and I can see Long following in, in his footsteps really well. Uh, I, I think he'll set her right in. Uh, obviously knows a lot of players through, uh, through the GB side, as in uh, like Swindlehurst, Kieran Long as well, uh, and possibly many others, many others to come. Um, I think he'll fit right in, uh, and he'll start where he left off last season. Yeah, I find both of these a little bit of weird ones to take. I mean, both of them came off not quite as impressive seasons last year. Um, fairly similar in the point scoring, actually. Um, Lake was 35 points from 55 games in a 17-18 season. Obviously, then jumped up to 77 points from 60. Uh, Long, very, very similar. Uh, first season for Manchester, 54 games, 35 points, uh, and then 60 points from 60 games this year. So, both of them coming off not so impressive first years um, for their teams, and then obviously having a standout year in the 18-19 season. The one thing that I wonder 
is if these players are flourishing on poor teams or whether these players are flourishing because they've got the, the out-and-out ability. You put them on it, you know, with no disrespect to Manchester, but they, you know, they didn't, make the, didn't make the playoffs last year. They weren't a great team. Gref, did you know they didn't make playoffs last year? <laughs> no, I never mentioned it once. <laughs> no, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. I mean, I don't think there's a Storm fan going that's going to try and convince anybody that they had, a, a, you know, they had one of the best teams that they've had. Is that, you know, they didn't have a great team. And I wonder if Long kind of flourished, similar to the likes of people like Ryan Hayes did when he when he was playing for Edinburgh and things like that. You know, you, you often see those kind of standout players flourish on a team where nobody else really is. I wonder what kind of impact they're going to have on a team like Belfast when they're going to be building a team that they're going to be hoping they're going to be running all cylinders and that all players are going to be contributing in that aspect. Very similar to when you see goalies from another respect to the teams from Fife and Dundee move to sort of the arena team. So, um, who was the guy? Besco. He, was, he proved he went against the game, but the guy from uh, Fife who went to Glasgow? Garrett Zemlak. Zemlak, who, who disappointed. You, you see it before. Um, where you know that they they play on on teams that weren't expected to deliver. Um, again, you know, like I said, you know, Kieran it may be the case of being on a team that were poor and did make the playoffs. Who knows? It's a big year for him because um, he'll also have the disappointment of his injury that stopped him going to Slovakia. Because his aim will be he wants to be on the plane that he should have been on this year, but injury stopped him. So he'll have a lot. Of- if he's going to Slovakia, he wants to be on a different plane. It, it depends. It depends on how you get to. If it's a cheaper route, mate, who knows? But the, the point is, he'll have that motivation to do well, because you know playing at the top table was in the palm of his hand, and cruelly taken away. Not by his fault, but it was cruelly taken away. So he should have that motivation to do it again and be on a better side. You know, if, if he starts well, and Keith will know what he's like through his for the training camps for GB, he could potentially go from let's say starting third line to moving up to the second line. PP time and getting the quality chances to get the points. It's it's a, it's a huge year for him. Last year was huge for him. Did well. Proves in the pudding though. Let's see if he can do it again. Yeah, definitely. Um, has anybody got anybody else that they've seen on on that being signed by Belfast that they want to talk about, or is that kind of obviously the only other one really? Is, uh, Patrick Patrick Ronka is the only other newbie um, coming into that lineup. I guess I guess why not go 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 through him as well. What, what do we think to to Waronka? Obviously, he's played in Belfast um, before. So I mean, what, what do we think? He played six times last year in Belfast for Katowice in the the Conti Cup. Is is uh, a guy who's played all his career in Poland, uh, apart from one season with uh, Snowdwell in the EBL. Um, Forty nine caps of Poland, uh, experienced. But on all the counts, on, on what you hear, read about him, leadership is the word that comes out a hell of a lot. Uh, a guy that will drag his team through the mire, whatever situation it is. Um, he may not be the guy that you know gets the points like Darcy Murphy, but he'll be the, as important a part of the uh, the cog um, in any uh, successful team. I, I think he'll he'll fit a role um, that. You know, Belfast will want desperately to maintain and have an attempt at re, um, retaining the title next year. Looking at his points production from last season, 41 games, 55 points in the Polish league. That's 21, 21 of them were goals as well, which that is 
for a 23-year-old, that is some, he put up some really good points. I mean, he even was the assistant captain for Poland in last year. Well, the World Championships just got in Division 1B. And he got five points there in five games. He could be one that will probably shock a lot of players, a lot of, a lot of fans. So he might be the one that can put up some good points. I expect his biggest strength will be his speed. Uh, I mean, young guy, as Griff said, 23 years old, uh, can play both a wing and centre position, uh, five foot seven, and set one kilogram. So I can imagine him, 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 him being quite nippy. Uh, probably finding the right areas uh, to to get rebounds, things like that. And uh, I did uh, see his um, signing video. Of when it went pretty much coast to coast uh, for Katowice against Belfast, it was a lovely goal. Could um, see he'll probably do that a couple of times next season. Uh, but yeah, just a great addition. Uh, obviously got got some experience with the uh, Polish national team, uh, pretty much almost all sort of age age groups. So can see him bringing a, a big aspect to Belfast, and I think he's one of the probably uh, hidden gems that maybe some of the other teams have missed out on. Yeah, I know that I've seen the reaction of a few Belfast fans that saw this on the announcement, and they were they were happy having seen him in that County Cup stint. So, you know, the only thing is, I mean, you guys have knocked the nail on the head. I mean, he's 23. Andy, you said exactly what I was thinking. Like that, you would think that a guy, I mean, five foot seven, as you say, he's not the tallest of guys. So often you tend to find those kind of short. Those shorter guys have to have some kind of edge about their play. They're not going to play that physical side. And a lot of the time, that kind of edge comes from their speed. Um, putting 55 points up in 41 games in the last season, you'd expect them to have a bit of speed to break through. Um, so, yeah, very much a wait-and-see signing for Belfast. But, um, you know, he didn't have the best stats in the EBL uh, Davis, as you say, he was playing for Zinomo. And 48 games, 15 points. Can't help but wonder if that's because it's his only, you know, external play. If that makes sense, it was his, his only season out of out of Poland. Maybe a little bit of a red flag for Belfast going forward. I mean, obviously traveling a bit further afield to go and play in Belfast. So maybe again a little bit overfacing, maybe a bit of an intimidation factor in moving that far away from home uh, to a different country. But definitely a wait and see. But I can see this being a good signing for Belfast and, and could be one that they look back at in a year and go, my God, can you remember when we signed this guy, what a gem he was? So definitely going to be interesting. Um, anybody got anything else to add with Belfast or are we good to move on? We're good. We're good. I'm seeing a lot of nodding heads, so we'll move on. So the next team is uh, the team that lost it in the final game in Coventry, obviously redeemed themselves with the playoff win. It's the Cardiff Devils. I uh, suspect this one's going to be a considerably less or a considerably shorter chat. Um, as far as I can see, they've got no newbies coming in. They've re-signed Josh Batch, Joey Haddad, Mark Louie, Joey Martin and Evan Mosey. Um, I'll kick it off, boys. I mean, Evan Mosey was the big one for me on that list. Obviously, you, I mean, you've got... Batch, who I know a lot of Devils fans will be happy with. Joey Martin, a guy that I know everybody's going to be resentful to see come back in a Cardiff jersey, but I think those two players, nobody expected to go anywhere else. Um, Evan Mosey, there was always the chance he could go to another elite league team. There was always the chance that you know he could end up somewhere else, but you know, getting him as a re-signing nice and quick, good signing for them. 
very good signing. Um, yeah, they've not got many resigned so far, but the ones they have were key members of the teams that have won silverware from over the last three years. Um, you've got Joey Haddad. You, you've got, as they christened him down in South Wales, the GOAT. Um, Man. Martin, you know, Mark Louis wanted, you know, as, as important a D sign gives him that physical edge. And, and Josh Batch, is, um, I think he's now played over 500 games for the Devils. So I think there was a stat towards the back end of last season. Uh, but So they've got a lot to sign. Um in particular the goalie, but we've already mentioned that area already. But what they've signed is quality. So if they can maintain the level of quality, of signing in terms of the quality, I think it'll be another year of, uh, not to worry about too much for the Cardiff Devils. Uh, but it, the, the, for me, and it's not because of the goalie, but the big signing will be if, if they can re- retain the services of Ben Bounds or if he, if he does... Um, get a contract abroad. That will be the, the big signing. Is I think that will determine not only just the strategy in terms of having a Brit in, the, in, in goal, but also just the way they play um, and the way they, their defensive structure is that, that suits Ben Bounds. And it's not Chris, it's, it's smart coaching from from up from Lord. So uh, it's that's the big one to come off if they can pull that one off. And I think it's a wait and see as to how the Devils actually go on and play. I think Todd and Andrew Lord, he's probably they've probably already got like a a plan B just in case Ben Bounds doesn't actually resign and he goes to into Europe. The key is that some Chewbacks available. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that for you guys. I mean, he was signed for you. <laughs> yeah, I think it, the key signing is as you already mentioned, Evan Moser. Because obviously most, I think even non-Kaitoa fans know that Joey Haddad, Josh Batch, Joey Martin, they're all going to re-sign when they can. I think it's like their home, <laughs> you could pr- you pretty much say. It's like John, John O'Phillips re-signing for Sheffield. It's like that. You know it's going to happen. Despite the fact there's always the Jonathan Phillips signing for Cardiff rumour that always goes about in the off-season. You just can't let it go. I think it'd be robbery if if, if Ben Barnes doesn't find somewhere else in Europe. Uh, I mean, the showcase that he put on with GB was phenomenal, and you can just imagine the countries tuning into that game and thinking, "Wow, look at his goalie. Maybe we should give him a chance." You know, he's he's played really well this tournament. Um, but on the other guys, I mean, Mark Louis. A good resigning. Uh, I think his best game for me was the playoff final just gone against Belfast. Very, very physical. Uh, not really somebody you want to go one on one with because you, know, you know he's just going to pace you against the boards. Uh, Wasn't it Louis that face planted the ice when he had that fight against Fitzy in Sheffield? Yeah, it was. Years ago. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Josh Batch, yeah. Uh, one of the solid uh, Brit players for them. Um, I, I, I think it was no brainer of. Of him returning to Cardiff uh, is, as you said, almost 300 games for that team, so you can see he's, he's not in a hurry to leave. Evan Mosey, yeah, really, really like him. Um, I think since he's come back um, from his uh, stint in, in North America, uh, he's, he's really adapted well against this league, just like he did with Nottingham. Um, just be a really good signing, uh, re signing, should I say. Um, 
and the good season for him upon him. Joey Martin. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I heard he'd resigned, I was kind of hoping he'd retire. So when I did hear uh, the news, um, I, I did shout a very uh, loud four-letter word. Um, I, I didn't want him to come back to the league because of what he can do. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him in, in, in orange, but, you know, just kind of everything, I suppose. Uh, enjoy her dad. Um, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, just doing really well for Cardiff, and uh, definitely one of the um, one of the players that you could put with anyone really, and you just get a good reaction from him. He'd, he'd probably be the third point scorer. So uh, it's looking really good for Cardiff so far. Obviously, not much um, going on yet as of yet, but uh, I think things will fall into place very soon. Yeah, if I was a Cardiff fan, I think I'd be the least. Um nervous out of any other team in the league I mean you know they've got five players signed the only nerve-wracking thing I guess will be whether they're going to retain bounds or whether he's going to go abroad as we say um, I suspect if not you know Cardiff are going to bring in a top-end netty anyway so nothing really to worry about there per se I, I just think Lord's recruitment is just it's just next level um, I know that Belfast picked them to the post last year. I know that they brought in a few good players, but you just look at that team. And it, it, last year, I mean, you look at Mike Hedden, Dixon, Lingley, and you know some of those players weren't even standing out when you watched them play because of the other players on the team. It, it's just the whole team has so much depth. You look at the players they've got signed now, they've got three defencemen signed, and all three defencemen can play D or forward. Josh Batch is down as a D or left winger. Mark Louis is down as a D or right winger. Evan Moses is down as a D or forward. The versatility in the players that they have gives them so much flexibility when it comes to systems and also isn't a surprise when it then comes to them getting D-men, breaking their way down the rink and scoring for fun. So they really do have a lot of depth across the team whenever Andrew Lord signs a full team. So if I was a Cardiff fan, I think I'd be the least concerned out of all fans in the league. But, um, yeah, definitely in a moment, it's just a case of sit back and watch the CEO decide. It's always quite exciting to see who Cardiff are going to bring into the league. Uh, anybody got anything else to add on Cardiff? As I say, it's going to be a shorter one than Belfast because we've got no real new additions. So, anybody got anything else or are we good to move on again? I'm going to take that silence as a week. Yeah, we're good, yeah. <laughs> um, so, moving from Cardiff, we go on to the next in alphabetical order, which, of course, is the Coventry Blaze. Gref, do you want to kick us off with the Coventry Blaze? Yeah, Dave. Resigned Alex Forbes, Justin Hashey, uh, Jordan Hedler, Dylan Lawrence, and Oliver Lord. I mean, having Justin Hashey back is pretty good signing for them. I would, I would have thought. Obviously, they've lost Ben Lake, and you've also lost Alex Nikoforic. And this is going to be the, t- the struggle to actually say Nikolai. Brunizvine. Brunizvine. Close enough. <laughs> we'll blame uh, it on the lack of teeth, Gref. We'll just say it's, a, <laughs> it's just the yeah, issue with the teeth. We'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they've also brought in John Curran and Dylan Eichstadt. Yeah, Eichstadt. Eichstadt. Yep. 
I'll probably learn his name during the season. Be fine. No, he's not a Manchester player, mate. You're all right. True, but he's playing against us, so. True. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like they've both been signed straight out of college. Well, NCAA. It's. I'm assuming that Stuart's actually done some really good homework looking at the, these players. Um, with Dylan, he's a D-man, and he's, last season he got 14 points out of 36 games. He's, that's, season before that, he got 7 points out of 36 games. And he's been, for the last three seasons, he's been in a, in the plus minus section, it's always been on the plus side. I mean, it's gone from five to eleven to fifteen. I'm sure they'll find him to be a good D man, six foot as well. And with John, five foot ten centerman, twenty points last year out of forty one games for Niagara University. Out of the whole time he's been playing there, he's played 131 games in the NCAA, 55 points. For a sentiment, it's pretty good. The only thing you may want to be worried about is that out of the 131 games, he was on a minus 52 for the whole time. He was, all of them accumulated together. One one signing that I picked upon that I'm looking forward to seeing is uh, one that I think they announced it this week, Justin Hamannick, um, where a few people thought they were saying, was it Travis Hamannick? Um, from Calgary to Coventry would have been a bit of a detail. But no, Justin Hamannick, six foot four D man, £209. And the videos <laughs> that's on YouTube available is the guy hits. The guy hits very well. However, he played 161 games at East Coast, um, and he was plus he was plus three in that whole period. So as a guy who knows his defensive responsibilities, and he got um, only 56 minutes in them oh, in the 161 games. So not as penalised much. Uh, last year he was in, in uh, Angers in France, uh, one one and nine for for 10 points in 50 minutes. Was a minus four last year. One of the first times for a while that he'd been on the minus. But I think two things with Coventry. One, they missed that that D man that can hit. By the looks of the videos that you can find on YouTube, they've got him. They've also got down the NCAA route, as Graf said with John and Dylan. Um, young guys, quick guys. They're not going to have the budget to compete with the likes of the Belfast, the Sheffield, the Cardiff, the Nottingham, the the Glasgow. So they've got to get the the quick players, exciting players from somewhere. And it looks like if they're going down the NCAA route, these, these are going to be youngsters who who realise they're not going to be straight to the NHL, but they need to prove themselves. They need to get CVs. And going away to get them and get them on a reasonable rate may be a massive stroke from um, Stuart. Yeah, I'm looking forward again to seeing Ross Venus. Um, I had a fantastic uh Season last season, uh, he's been with Coventry uh, for about 12, 12 years now since the uh, uh, junior group. 
uh, he's been on loan to Telford, uh, and obviously he had uh, after a season in Coventry in 2018, he went to uh, Canterbury Red Devils in the New Zealand Ice Hockey League for the summer. Uh, came back uh, this season, played 47 games, 23 points. It's not too bad. I was going to ask you how long how long has Ross been playing for Coventry? It seems like he's been playing for years. A very long time. A very long time. Yeah. M- must, have, must have started when, when Paul Thompson was coach. That's, that's how long ago it were. Yeah, oh, definitely. Wow. I mean, it's, it's no wonder you know he's been there a long time when he gets the A uh, last season. So I expect him to ten seasons. Yeah. This will be his tenth season, I think. I mean, after he he came out of the under 18s team, his first season for the Blaze Seniors was in 2010-11, where he played 46 games, 13 points from 46 games in his first season. Not bad going, to be fair. Um, and then yeah, this will, from what I can see, I've just done a quick count up, so apologies if it's wrong, but from what I can see, this will be his tenth season. His tenth senior season, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, season. So yeah, very much again looking forward to see him. Um, I think he'll he'll up his game a lot, and uh, he'll no doubt get the A again, if not the, if not the captaincy. Uh, so we'll, we'll yeah, we'll just just to wait and see again again as to how he how he does next year. Yeah, I have to say, I've just said if I was a Cardiff fan, I would be the least concerned out of all the fans in the league at this point. You've got to think that Coventry fans have got to be up there for the most concerned at the moment. Um, It's not a knock on Coventry. I mean, he didn't have the best of teams last year. Um, And then out of that, you take out Ben Lake, who has gone off, uh, obviously, to to Belfast. Um, You know, he, He was putting over a point per game. And then in addition to that, you've got Alex Nikiforuk, 59 games last year for Coventry, 68 points, so again, over a point per game. And he's now gone to a DEL2, he's gone to Hellbronner Falcon. Um, so, you know, two huge players to have lost. Yes, they've brought in these two guys from the NCAA. I mean, 20 points from 41 games in the NCAA for one of them, um, you know, as a forward. The D-man, you've you just got to think... It's great bringing in these young guys. I mean, 25 and 24. It's great bringing in these new guys. But as Dave says as well, they've gone through the NCAA system. They're not going to be sticking around in the Elite League. These aren't players that are going to stay in Coventry for more than a season, two seasons max, probably. I'd like to be proven wrong. It's always good to see a player that likes to stick around in the league. It's always a a good image for the league, particularly for a guy of that age. But these guys are going to have aspirations to go elsewhere. You know, people coming out of the NCAA are expecting to get drafted. That's what they're aiming for, to play in a league like the NCAA. They're certainly not expecting to come out of the NCAA into the league in, in England. So these guys are going to be, A, they're going to be pushing their game this year, as, you, as they've already said. They're going to be trying to push the game to, to get themselves out there. But they're going to be pushing to try and move elsewhere and try and try and get themselves climbing up that ladder towards the NHL. I, I just think I just think the Blaze just at the moment they they've got a big gap to fill in the miss you know losing out on Lake and uh, and Nicky Foruk and I just think the players that they've signed at the moment they they're still in a rebuild they're still in a rebuild moment at the minute and uh, I don't know I, I I'd love to be proven wrong as as we said we said this last year uh, and they they ended up with Nicky Foruk and ended up with Lake 
we're putting two of the top point scorers in the league. So, do you know, we, we are wrong. You know, it's, you know, it's not to say that everything we're saying is gospel, but if I was a Blaze fan, I'd be getting a bit concerned at the moment just until they filled those two gaps. Does anybody have anything else to add for Coventry or are we good to move on again? No, we're good. Good. Um, Perfect. So then we move on from commentary. Again, we go down in alphabetical order. So the uh, the ones on the edge of your seats will be able to tell us. Dundee stars. Um, Andy, have you got the off- have you got the uh, <laughs> list in front of you? Do you want to kick us uh, off for Dundee? Have. I have. So. Okay. So uh, the stars have kept Sean Boutin, uh, Dridden Dow, Chris Inglis, Jordan County, Craig Garrigan, uh, Matt Marquois. Uh, and they have brought in uh, goalie uh, Alex Leclerc um, and forward Justin Malin, um, two of our very young guys. Uh, Last season he played uh, in the College League at the NCAA for Colorado, uh, 40 games uh, with a 2.7 like, goals against average and 0.914 save percentage. Uh, got a call up to the Utah Grizzlies uh, of the East Coast Hockey League played a game there uh, three goals against uh, 0.900 save percentage it's not too bad actually to to have a game at such a young um, age in the East AHL is pretty good going Uh, so that's not that's not too bad at all Um, we've gone to Justin Malin Uh, last season he played for Vilak uh, in EBEL, where he had five points in seven games, uh, and the season before in 2017 18, uh, the Hale Falcon uh, of a DL2, uh, 44 games and 39 points. Um, Who Dickie Forum's gone to, though? Yeah, just just looking further, uh, season before that, he played in Hungary for Fehavar, before that, in Italy for two seasons uh, with Gardena and uh, Valpusteria, and before that, Herning Blue Fox in Denmark. So he's he's been uh, through through Europe quite a lot, um, and uh, yeah, um, certainly not one of those who looks like he's he's, he's there for for long run. Looks like he's, he's he's just trying to find the league that's really right for him, or he's just trying to experience most of the world as he can while he's playing hockey, which is a great thing. Um, so yeah, um, not much on on him, but uh, look forward to watching him play. And um, I f- believe they have gotten rid uh, Johan Anderson. Uh, he's left Fort Marseille uh, in the French league, uh, and that's about it. I think that's, that's all it really says. Two two key the signings that I'm I'm intrigued with. Um, I'll go to form and I'll go on the goalie. Um, played college hockey. He played. He's, he made one appearance of East Coast last season. So it's a risk. But if ever if ever a team takes a risk on a goalie, and nine point nine out of ten times comes out smelling the roses, it's Dundee. <clears throat> they always have the knack of finding. If not the best in the league, one of the best in the league. So, Pasha's getting the same rep as Hutchin did in terms of finding these good players. He'll have done his research, he'll have made the questions and what not to go. It is a risk. You know, with the lack of senior hockey experience, 
it's a huge risk to, to get him as your starter. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what he's like. But, you know, his, his stats are decent for Colorado College. As, as Andy said, you know, um, just to mail in it, you know, decent stats for wherever he's gone. He, he's a he's a point scorer per se. Um, had a couple of great years in Italy, um, and in Heilbronn, which is a lovely rink um, in uh, in Germany. Uh, but everywhere he's gone, Denmark, 21 points in 22 games. He, he's probably going to do some good work for um, the Dundee Stars. So probably one of their again diamond in rough signings. Yeah, it, it, to me, Justin Mir does look like he's going to be a a really good, probably a really good signing. I mean, Pash does have the the knack of getting some really good players on, from under the radar. Is the only thing that I'm wondering? Okay, why is he only played seven games when the EBEL leagues? A lot longer than just seven, <laughs> but that could be possibly down to injury, or he just signed really late in the season. I think the re-signing of John Encounter is pretty is a, probably a pretty big one for them, with the him being a Brit, also being from Scotland, and then he. Hopefully he can put up the points like he did last season. 60 games, 33 points, 14 goals. Maybe he wants to fight for a spot on the plane to Switzerland next year. Yeah, I mean, I... These, them, Griff, you've got the nail on the head for, the, uh, for that one for me for a start. Um, County... Big, big re-signing for, for Dundee. Uh, the other for me is Matt Marquardt, a guy that, uh, you know, he's been he's the assistant coach as well. The player assistant coach, you know, he's got a lot of experience and he puts the points up on the board as well. Uh, he put some very, very nice goals up as well last year. Um, I'm just having a flick through of the, um, of the release um, for Dundee when they signed Malin just to see if there's anything about... Why he only played nine games last year? I can't really see anything. You, you can only assume it's got to be to do with injury. Um, it's got to be a point of concern, really. Um, but you know, it it is what it is, and uh, and it's not necessarily anything to go off. Really, I mean, it, it's a bit con- sorry, seven games, not even nine games. Um, it, you know, it is a bit concerning to say that you've only played seven games the previous year. His stats beforehand looked pretty good. 44 games, 39 points for Hale Bronner. 53 games, 42 points uh, in the EBL the year before that. 61 points from 42 in Italy. So, you know, he's, he's point-wise point not too bad. He's dabbled in the AHL, five games in the AHL. Um, you know, he's played 52 games in the ECHL. So, and as you say, he's, he's certainly getting his way across Europe. And, you know... <sighs> He isn't going to, again, as, as you guys have already said, he isn't going to be the guy that's going to stay, stay, stick around. He's going to be a guy that's probably going to be one season tops uh, and then get out of there. But hopefully for Dundee, he's going to put some points up on the board while he does. Um, again, Leclerc, weird signing. Um, as you say, definitely a wait and see. I, I put my faith in 
you know, in the coaching squad in, in Dundee that they're going to be able to pick out the right goalie. They must have done some homework on this guy. I mean, there's nothing that you can really see from him. NCAA, 40 games, 91.4% save percentage, 2.7 goals against average last year. One game at the ECHL. Do you know, his, his, his stats don't scream good, don't scream bad. You know, it's he, 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 very much a case of you've got to watch some video on this guy to be able to get an idea as to how good he is. So you've got to put your faith in the fact that the coaching squad in Dundee have done that. Uh, and Dave, as he said, you know, if there's anybody that's got a knack for picking that weird, unexpected goalie that turns out to be just the guy that they need, it's Dundee. So uh, very much a wait and see. Um, similar to Coventry in this squad for me they need some they need some more big signings they need some guys that are going to pick some more goals up but still early doors in the season no doubt they've probably still got some other signings as well in the back pocket that they've not released yet either that or they've got some that they're negotiating so again sit back wait and see who they bring in anybody else anything for Dundee Seeing lots of shaking heads. So we'll move on from Dundee um, to Kakodi. We'll move to the Fife Flyers. Again, not uh, not a great deal of activity in Fife. So again, shouldn't be too long go on. Um, Dave, do you want to kick us off in Fife? Uh, yeah, we will do. So um, one of their big signings, we'll go through their retain list. Uh, they've re-signed Jordan Bussier, Byron McKenzie, Chase uh, Shaber, Chad Smith, um, they lost Craig Moore, um, who moved over to Glasgow, most says right. Uh, Rick Pinkerton had to uh, retire. But for me, the big signing is actually the one guy they brought in and his youngster, kid called Sam Jones. Brit player. But it's completely and utterly out of Fife's normal recruitment for British players. Because they not... signed Flash Gordon. No, <laughs> it's not that. It's because um, he's not from Kakodi. He's not local. He's, at, he's, he's from the South of England. So they've they brought in, and it's a, it's a sign of it's a bit of intention that they've invested into someone who they're going to give him, you know, the the decent wage and, and living expense to bring him in. Uh, like I said, there's not much um, um, activity to talk about, but for me, that's one of the. It shows a different style of where Fife are going to go with their recruitment. They're prepared to invest and bring in a, a young British D guy in, in Sam Jones, who played for Swindon in the in AHL and a lot of rave reviews. Um, wait and see. They need, you know, they need some standout guys. Again, another team that picks a, a decent goalie. Very much wait and see. Yeah, you mentioned with Sam Jones. I'd probably say that would be a, a key signing for them. He spent most of his career over in Canada, the Okagan uh, Hockey Academy. He's played before he went to Swindon. He played for MKL in the old EPL days. His stats from last season for a defenseman they look pretty good, even if it is the NHL. Thirty-eight games, thirty points, fifteen goals, fifteen assists. That is for a defenseman. That is pretty good. And re-signing Barry McKenzie as well. He's, that was one that I saw with a lot of five fans actually going, actually celebrating the fact that they re-signed Barry McKenzie. He seems like he wants to stay there. I mean, he's been a journeyman around Scotland. Maybe this is the one where he, he stays now. 
is as Graf said, uh, you know, phenomenal points for him to put up 38, uh, 30 and 38. is fantastic for that, even for that sort of league. Uh, but he also brings brings in some size. Uh, six foot two, 86 kilograms. And uh, Joe, I'm, I'm really I'm really glad it wasn't me. who was thinking uh, Ted and Flash Gordon uh, when I saw that. Um, <laughs> Not bad for a 21 year old to have played a known part in a film filmed in 1980, though, is it? No. <laughs> That's great. Um, he's he's put, put some decent points all over. I mean, uh, with O'Canagan, uh, Summerland Steam, Pensington, um, did pretty well. Um, I, I think he will um, probably not, obviously, not as many as, as much points as. Uh, it was in the NIHL. Um, I, I think he'll, he'll just find his feet in a new league, you know, a, a bigger league. Uh, but I still think he'll, he'll bring some some uh, aspects, you know, with his size, be able to shut uh, the forwards down and, and help defensively. Um, so um, a, a really good possible third, fourth line of the five. And he's also... Uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, that, yeah, that too. <laughs> Guys, Flash Gordon. But um, yeah, he's he's also English and Canadian, so he's he's pretty much a bit of both. So obviously he's he's got experience from from both countries, um, and I think that'll be a very pivotal role for him and the club. Yeah, the five roster doesn't exactly scream um, going to get you a lot of goals at the moment, but it's still very very early in the making. Uh, obviously they've signed Flash Gordon in defence uh, Sam Jones I can't get over the fact they've signed a guy called Sam Jones if their PR if their PR crew don't have some kind of play on him being sat in Flash Gordon then they're doing something wrong um, but in all seriousness you look at his stats as you say 30 points in the NAHL from 38 games for a D-man very very good um, it's hard to compare the leagues it really is um, it's going to be interesting to see what this new division does for for that and what, what it does to bridge the gap, but it's hard to gauge. I mean, as, as we say, a lot, most of the players that I seem to look at the minute in the NHL are putting up over a point per game, so it, it, it's crazy. Um, this guy, very much a wait and see signing. It's nice to see Fife trying to pan out for the future a little bit more. This this guy, you know, they, they're putting some faith in a guy to and and. You know, hopefully it pays off for them because if they can get this guy to stick around, he's got all the makings to be a good guy, to be a good, a nice, de- a, a nice good D man to have in the ranks, a British D man to have in the ranks. You know, he, he certainly looks like a good guy to have on the team. And as I say, 21 years old, so he's still got a fair few years left in his career, to say the least. So, um, be a very, very good guy to keep around um, and a good kind of a good signing looking forward for five. But then you look, I mean, Jordan Besser. Uh, really last year 45 games four points and a minus three and that's for a forward he's only 19 so again building for the future but not going to change the world even McKenzie um, 11 points from 60 games and a minus 13 uh, again as a forward did not really sign anybody that for me I'm thinking this guy's going to get him a fair few goals I mean they had they had Chase Sharber last year, who was 18 points from 30 games, and that's that's probably the best they've got at the moment. But they're not signing their top-end players. So that's the thing. I mean, the only thing we can go off right now is the guys that they've signed. The guys that they've signed aren't, you know, they're not the ones that are going to be getting them the points. They're yet to sign. 
So for five fans at the minute, it's got to very much be a case of okay, we've got to be patient. You know, we're not we're not we're not claiming to be changing the world at the moment. We're not claiming to be having the main substance of the team. But they've got the good building blocks for a good team. They've just got to get those top end players to come in. Um, you know, five haven't done too badly for themselves over the last couple of years. So really hope that they can bring in some good guys, bring in a good guy between the pipes as well. But going to be interesting to see where they go going forward. I think if if they re-sign uh, Brett Bulmer and and uh, Evan Bloodoff, uh, put on a line with Shaber, I think I think they'll be in fantastic hands. Uh, but to Lance, we just got to wait and see. Uh, but for now, uh, Dev Tuming, Dev Tuming. <laughs> I'm loving this. I'm glad somebody else got the Flash Gordon reference. I was looking at Dave and Greff as they were talking. I didn't think they clocked that Sam Jones played Flash Gordon. Um, does no anybody comment. else, other than Flash Gordon, does anybody else have anything to add for the five flies? No. No. Fair play. Right, so we'll move on to one that I suspect is going to be a significant talking point uh, as we go through the teams. It is one of the teams that has had a change in coaching, maybe not by their own decision and maybe not as they thought they would do at the start of the off-season, but it is, of course, the Glasgow clan. Um, Gref, I'll throw this over to you if you want to give us a kind of brief summary as the, the ins and outs for uh, for Glasgow. Yeah, sure. Uh, the outs, we've got Pete Russell, he left and he's gone to DEL2. Uh, they've also lost Zach Sullivan, he's gone to Manchester. Sully? Uh, yep, Sully. <laughs> <laughs> the vi- even the video was calling him Sully, so you know what? We'll go with it. They've lost, obviously, they lost Doucette, he's gone to Nottingham. Uh, Gutwald, he's. He's been released, uh, Rumpel was released, Stubcow was released, and then obviously Brendan Collar. He's signed for another team in the Elite League that we'll come to later. I'll let you guys do that. Can we just point out the fact that Gref has left the Steelers signing for later, but he said the Manchester signing now as if the Steelers signing is the better one than the Manchester one. Greg, you're breaking away from your home roots here, mate. You're letting us down. We've already mentioned Sully in the last one, before the World Champs one. That's not the argument we're having. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greg, carry on. I interrupted you there. I know, rude. All right. Ooh. Can you start again and leave the sass, please? Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. They've re-signed... <laughs> They re-signed Scott Pitt, Matt Stanis, Scott Tanaski, Craig Peacock, and Rasmus. Bierum. Yeah, we go. Bierum. And then they've brought in your favourite goalie, Patrick Killeen. Don't. It's still a still a touchy subject. subject at the minute. They brought in Craig Moore from Fife. They brought in Lyndon Springer, which was brilliant because of all the hate that they were giving him last season. Springer's over. Oh, yeah, Springer's definitely over. And then for their head coach, Zach Fitzgerald. Ooh, sorry. 
no, no. It's, it's good to use that. I think, for me, I think Killeen, Pitt, they're the two key signings for me, personally, because you got someone who's going to be an out-and-out scorer, and then a netminder who's in a pretty poor team last season was actually one of the standouts. So hopefully he can, from a clan perspective, they hope they can do the same this season with less shots at him. They've kind of, so they've gone from having some shady behind the bench to um, having a, um, one of the, uh, just someone with a massive beard. Um, but <laughs> Do you want to try that one again? I, 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 I tried finding a, a sort of a, 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 to be respectful to Zach uh, because I think in, in bizarre way I think it's actually a good sign for Glasgow because Zach gets the clam, even though he's, he's probably more you know more time in Sheffield and more respected in Sheffield. He gets the clam. So to get a team that will resonate with with the Glasgow regions, I think he'll do that very well. Um, and he, you know, his experience of his playing career uh, will, ha- will 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 help him with the contacts and everything. So, I mean, you with your dis- disappointment of uh, Colleen not being in Sheffield uh, was a good goal in a very poor Milton Keynes team, and I think that's a, a good signing for me. It's an upgrade um, with a great respect to Rumpel. I think he, he will he'll book the trend on good goals on poor teams. I think he will do well in, in Glasgow. Uh, Craig Peacock, um, another guy, experience. Um, I'm pretty certain that Haywood's resigned for, for the clan. Um, it's not on the elite list, but I'm sure that he's, he's his testimonial this year. So not elite prospects either. Well, I'm pretty certain I've read it's his testimonial, but either way, he's a long-standing uh, clan player. Uh, but along with him and Pitt, the foundations are there. As much as people said a good year and a good season for the clan. You still looked at the team, the way they play, and you just thought, there's something missing, apart from when they went down to Sheffield and just destroyed us every time. Um, so I, th- I think the foundation's there to add in some quality, and I think Glasgow will push on from um, the finish, I think it was third, or was it fourth they finished at the end last year, semi-finals of the, uh, the Challenge Cup. I think they'll push on well in the new season. I agree with Dave about uh, Fitzy uh, as coach. Uh, obviously, he hasn't got the coach experience, um, but he's got the league experience. He's, he's, he's got the contacts as well, uh, playing in the, NA, the NHL, AHL, all those leagues. Uh, and, and he really is Mr. Glasgow. I mean, you can just see the billboards going up around the arena right now. Um, he, he knows the city well. Uh, he's very, very well respected there by management and the fans. Um, so in, in that respect, it's great for them. Um Quite a few, quite, there's quite a few signs on there. I'm happy with uh, for them. Uh, Killeen, obviously. Um, Scott Pitt, Scott Tansky. Um, just, just a very good core already there, and um, especially with some of the two Brits as well, like Craig Peacock uh, and Jack Musel. Uh, it was his first season uh, in the Elite League with Glasgow. Uh, Ten points in six games. It's not too bad for a for a British uh, player. Here. In, in your first season, especially going off of the uh, NCAA uh, Division Three, so I can see good things from the clan. Yeah, I love the way you went a little bit scouse then with that. It's not too bad. 
Um, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, you guys have knocked the nail on the head again. Uh, Fitzy, 447 games in the AHL. Um, you know, you're not going to have played that many games at that level without having some contacts. And then you, you flick through, um, you go back to his AHL career, 76 games for the Charlotte Checkers in 2010-11 as the assistant captain. Um, you know, he's played a couple of seasons for the, in, in the WHL for the Seattle Thunderbirds as assistant. Obviously, the assistant captain for his three years in Sheffield, got the captaincy for Glasgow last year. So, do you know, he, the thing is with Fitzy is despite his role, maybe more previously than anything, but despite his role as an enforcer, he's always been that leader-type role. He's been the guy that people look to for how to conduct themselves on and off the ice, and he's the guy that, when he talks, he's got the respect of the room, not necessarily because he's got all the playing ability in the world, but because he's got the experience and because he's because of how he conducts himself on and off the ice. So a good guy for them to get behind the bench. You know, he's going to be a guy that can keep control of his players. He's going to be a guy that, you know, he's not going to take um, anything off his players. You know, he, we, know he's got, we know he's got a good backbone and we know that he's not going to stand for anything the thing is, you look across the league, Belfast, Adam Keefe behind the bench, and I wondered what they were doing when they got Keefe as, co- as coach at first. Not the first type of player that you'd expect to be getting that coaching role, and look at what he's done. Then you look at, you know, Manchester, Ryan Finity, similar kind of role, more of the role than the enforcer, but still same, same style of play. So you know he he seems to have all the building blocks there to to you know to be a coach. He's got the he's got a good building block already, good foundation set for him by Pete Russell. Um, I'm not going to say anything about Killeen because I really wanted to see him in Sheffield. Um, we've already talked about Scott Pitt again. The last couple of teams that we talked about, we talked about Fife, we talked about Dundee, we talked about Coventry, and my comments with all of those were, you know. The players that they've got at the moment are the building blocks for the team. You've got to be concerned if you're them until you've signed a top-end player that's going to put the points on the board. You straight away, Glasgow have already got that in Scott Pitt. Now, last year, he played 58 games, 61 points. Now all they need to do is find a guy that's going to replace the point scoring for Connolly. You know, and, and we're going to, you know, they're going to be playing hardball this year. They're going to want to maintain the position at the top end of the uh, top end of the playoff. Um, Top end of the league, even. Um, so, yeah, not a great deal to say. Say what you want about Lyndon Springer. I think he's a good signing for them to bring in. Um, it gives them a bit of strength now that Fitzy's not going to be playing on, you know, for them. They're not going to be bullied on the ice, much as I hate that phrase. It's 56 games for Manchester, 16 points in his first season, 51 games last year for 13 points, the plus seven. As a D-man, that's not too bad stat-wise. Yes, his penalty minutes are 150 plus each year. He got 163 last season, uh, sorry, the season before last, and then 173 last season. But I think he'll be a good fit in in, in Glasgow. And the other thing is, Fitzy's going to know what he wants from him, and he's going to tell him what he wants from him. And he's not going to be afraid because he'll have had that conversation with coaches frequently. He isn't going to be afraid to turn around to him and say, you start playing, you know, like you can do, you start playing and, and getting the unnecessary penalties, taking the stupid hits and getting us in trouble like that, you can sit on the bench. He ain't going to be afraid to say that to him. No, I think you're right in that context. And I think Springer will give that 
that physical element to the team that they've got. I mean, you look at the players that they can look after, but there's, so far um, it lacks a little bit. So you add Spring into the mix of that. It gives him that more. And I, I would be surprised if there's no more, uh, maybe one or two more signings that will give him additional um, physicality to that bit. But just to, to, to build on the point you made about the respect that Fitzgerald has, name me a player that leaves a team in the Elite League goes to another team, the whole fan base will respect him and still respect him every time he went back to that club. When that player left and went to another team, the fan base still respected him. Everywhere he's been in the Elite League, he has been respected. The fan base that he played for respected him and appreciated what he did. Everything Zach does on and off the ice, and on the ice was his role, but off the ice, one of the biggest ambassadors... um, any team could have. I'll be honest with you, in Sheffield, probably Ron Shudra, in terms of getting the fan base, understanding fans, and just be able to talk to anybody. Um, he could speak to a man, a woman, a child, be able to resonate at their level. And you don't get many import players doing that. So to have that type of person as your ambassador, as your head coach, will, will keep them well. And I think, I, I think they're going to have a good season. I think it's going to be fun watching the climb. Yeah, they've set themselves up well over the last couple of years, to be fair. Um, and I think this is another good move for them. Bit of a change. I think they'll see a difference in style now. Um, but the other thing is as well, you've got, in addition to all of that for Fitzy, the other thing to admire with Fitzy's game is he was an enforcer playing in a time when the league or the sport were transitioning out the role of enforcer. So for the last five years of his game, he has had to seriously adapt his game. So he'd have been playing in the AHL, and he'd have been one of those guys that was playing in the AHL, fourth line, getting a few shifts a game, out on the ice, bang a guy's face in, sit in the box for five minutes, and then back on the bench. And that and that's the thing. You, you, you watch Ice Guardians and, and things like that, and you, you hear about so many players that used fighting as a gateway to get into the top leagues and as a gateway to be able to play the sport for a living. And all of a sudden, Fitzy's one of those guys that's, that's made his living like that, that's been able to drop his gloves, have the fight, get the respect of the fans like that, you know, earn his spot on the team like that. And then all of a sudden, that that role is, is going, he's fading out, he's transitioning away. And Fitzy's managed to adapt his game to an extent that he's still being played at a level to not only be playing, but to then be given the assistant captaincy, the captaincy. You know, it's a credit to what he's been able to do in that kind of the time that a lot of enforcers have, have, have hung up the skates because of that. So, you know, it's another thing to admire about Fitzy's game and, and another thing that's going to be taken into account in terms of his experience is that he knows what it's like to be in that role um, and having to change your role in the team. Does anybody else have anything to add for the Glasgow clan? Obviously, maybe a bit of a longer one, as I say, because of the amount of changes. Does anybody else have anything, or are we good to move on? Yeah, I've, I've got a little something. Um, Over it, Andy. Yeah, um, quite interesting to see where Vaclav Stupka goes. Um, if he has been released, then uh, that's a very, uh, very strange move. Uh, or if he has left pastures new, or he's going to another team in the league, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But 41 points in 60 games, that's very good, especially with it being his first season outside of Slovakia. So since 2003, 
in, in a junior league. He's been playing in Slovakia. Uh, the season just gone, 18-19 season, was his first out of Slovakia. Uh, obviously, with, with Glasgow in, in the elite league. So, it'll be very, um, very good to see where he ends up. Uh, a very good player. Uh, player of experience. Not the youngest at 32, uh, but certainly brings uh, a lot of scoring. Uh, and, and a lot of uh, assists as well to his game, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, he'd be a very good fit in places like Coventry. You know, the, the, play, the places that we've mentioned above, I mean, Coventry, Fife, Dundee, those teams that, you know, that are missing the, even the secondary goal scorers, let alone the primaries. I mean, if you can sign him as a low-end primary goal scorer, as a top-end secondary, particularly for a team like that, it's going to have a lot of experience in at that level. He's going to have a lot of strength in at that level. So, you know, he'd be a great fit for a lot of teams in the elite league. But it's, I agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I suspect he's already got a move on the cards. I can't imagine Glasgow would have wanted to get rid of him. I know that he's not going to be a top-two-line player, but if they can get him for their third line, you know... We're, uh, we're we're talking a great signing for that third line. So I imagine he's already got a move on the cards. Wouldn't surprise me if he was going back for back to Slovakia. Um, but again, I have to sit back and wait and see. Dave Greff, what do you think? Um, I'm good. I think we've covered them well. Sound right. Well, we'll go on to a team that's not actually. Uh, not got rid of anybody so far, as far as I can see. Um, it's the Guildford Flames. So I'll go through these. Uh, so in, uh, they brought in Owen Griffiths. Um, they've not got rid of anybody as far as elite, the Elite League are aware <laughs> on the, on the, uh, the website. Uh, and then they've re-signed Callie Ackerard, Jesse Craig, Jamie Crooks, John Dunbar, Brett Ferguson, Travis Fullerton, Eric Lindhagen, Jez Lundin, Cruz Reddick, Joshua Waller, and Ian Waters. Some big names to re-sign there. <laughs> what do we think, boys? They, they've signed quality. They've kept quality. Um, and in the signing of Owen Griffiths, it's, it's bolted their, their Brit pack, which was one that was not criticised per se, but one that could have been strengthened. And, and they've done that. Maybe need probably one or two more just to really balance the books in terms of numbers. But the guys that have re-signed, we were players that I think Dave's connection may have just dropped. So we'll give him a second just to see if that comes back. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming back. Um, I'm going to assume it's not. Gref, I'll throw it over to you, and then if Dave comes back, we'll uh, <laughs> just explain what's going on. Yeah, I mean, looking at the, the players they've re-signed, if you're a Guildford fan, you're going to be over the moon. I mean, you signed, re-signed Cali Ackerud. I don't think there's one team in the league that wouldn't want a player like Cali Ackerud. Or even John Dunbar. Watching those type of players last season and the season before that as well you're like wow they are really like top end players and they're the ones that are helping Guildford get to like the final it's incredible um, re-signing Fullerton that's also a 
good start for it as a netminder as well. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just add hello, Dave. He's uh, nice of you to join us again. <laughs> oh, he's, he's gone again. I <laughs> think he's gone again, hasn't he? <laughs> Brilliant. Gresh, did you have anything else to add, or were you, uh, were you done on that one? <laughs> I was done on that one. Uh, Andy, what do you think? Um, yeah, as as far as reselling goes, uh, there's a lot of names on there that I definitely kept. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see Tra- Travis Fulton resigned. Um, I'd personally uh, would would be great to see Chris Carosi back. Uh, I, I have those huge job with uh, possibly Mike Will back up again, uh, but. It was more or less uh, Chris Carosi who, who, who was leading in terms of the uh, the goalies, um, but Fulton's still still a very good goalie. Uh, again, be interested to see if Chris Carosi follows him. Uh, John Dunbar, uh, who was <laughs> two seasons ago, um, he was one of the top scorers uh, last season. He had 56 points in 60 games, so very very good for him. Uh, it's great to see him back. Uh, another one is um, Eric Lindhagen, uh, who is in his second, I think his second season for for Guildford. Um, uh, yeah, after joining after joining from Nottingham, uh, pretty much a very uh, contrasting two seasons. Uh, last uh, in 2017, uh, 56 games, 17 points. Uh, last season, 58 games, 17 points. So he's He's remained fairly uh, consistent there, uh, but still a very good fourth liner. Uh, and Cruz Reddick as well. Um, can't really say about him. Uh, doesn't, doesn't really get the. Uh, well, he does uh, 60, 66 points in 60 games. They've got a very uh, very good bunch of scorers as, as Guildford, and uh, they've re signed. I'd probably say one of their lines. Uh, so it's great to see them back. That's Dave making his entrance back to the podcast, knocking out his bottles. Dave, do you want to try a third time lucky talking about Guildford, mate? Um, yeah, they've signed players. They've signed good players. Um, let's go with that. They probably need a few more Brits just to bolster what they've got, but they've signed quality. Um, and yeah, let's just go with that. Hopefully it's kept on the recording and not been deleted from my laptop uh, playing ball tonight. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, that, you, it's not you, me you, for a change. No, it's, 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 it's very much it's a bit of a variety for you, mate. Um, uh, you know, it's, now I know how you feel. <laughs> Do you know what, Dave? I have to say, normally when your signal goes, you go into like, it turns you into a robot, and then all of a sudden it goes like this. Uh, then you slow down and then you speed up again. It's like, it's, <laughs> but then you just completely disappear. That was really quite bizarre. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't add anything more, guys. I mean, the main guy that I had assigned was Kali Akarud. I think every, every team in the Elite League would have been after that guy. So a big retention for Guildford there. Um, Ian Waters, Jesse Craig. You, know, you just look at their team and you just think, how are they finishing mid-table? That's the one thing for me. They've brought in Owen Griffiths, not a guy that's going to change the team drastically, but another guy that's going to add to their Brit pack. I believe I said it last time round when we discussed the re-signings, when they, when they brought in a lot of re-signings. I think the one thing that I said was that I'd be concerned about their Brit pack. So to see them bringing in a new guy, um, obviously from MK, he certainly looks good in that respect. 
the only thing for me is, I mean, you look at their roster now, uh, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve players that they've re-signed and one guy that they've brought in they've not got rid of anybody yet. The only thing is for me is Guildford have got to remember that whilst they've got a solid team and some solid players on that roster, they still finished a mid-table team. For whatever reason that is, I don't, you know, I honestly can't from having seen them. They also, you know, took the took the Challenge Cup to penalty shootout. So, you know, we, they've done a stellar job, but they've got to remember that if they've got to bring something else in that's going to take them from that mid-level team to being that top two or three, because that's what they want to do. They've done brilliantly. They've pushed up the table from last time. They've improved. What they don't want this year is another season where they're sat mid-table going, yeah, but we've got Cali Akerid. Yeah, but we've got Jesse Craig. A team with Cali Akerid, Jesse Craig and Ian Waters should not be finishing fifth or sixth in the league. Bottom line. No, not at all. Um, I think they need a bit of, bit of magic dust, for want of a better phrase. A, a player that will make a difference. Um, We're talking elite league, not KHL. Different conversation. Um but uh, no, that's what they need. They need they've got the, the foundation. They've just not. They need that additional um, talent and, and spark. That you know they're at this level and they need to be at another level. And maybe this is the year that they do that. You know, they, like you said, overtime loss in the Challenge Cup final, playoff semi final to the very end. They are getting there. They're getting closer to being one of the the regular contenders. Three three signings of absolute quality that will take them to the next level could be the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone want to add anything else to Guildford, or are we good to move on to Greth's favourite moment of the podcast? We're moving on to Greth's favourite moment of the podcast. So the Nottingham Panthers aren't there. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, we'll move on to the storm, um, but I'm not going to throw it over to Gref. I'm going to throw it over to Andy. Do you want to just give us a quick rundown on the ins, outs and re-signings for the Manchester Storm? Yep, uh, they have re-signed uh, Matt Ginn in goal, uh, Declan Barmer. That's what Dave's drinking. <laughs> it was, until he knocked it over. No, there was still some left, thank you very much, I saved it. <laughs> He's just glued. That's why. That's why he paused. He was just having. A, he was just having a top up. His signal didn't go at all. He was just going for a gin <laughs> refill. Guys, guys, shut up! Don't tell anybody. Seriously. I feel like the drinking habits on this podcast have really escalated to new levels. What are we doing drinking gin? Sorry, Andy. Let's say, are we quite finished, Claire? Serious levels of sass on this podcast this time round. <laughs> Don't ask, don't ask. Just, just ask about it. To anybody listening, we apologise. We're apparently having a delirious breakdown at the moment. So, uh, yeah. Andy, go on, the storm. So, they've got Matt Jean. Continue. Yeah, uh, Matt Jean, uh, defenceman Declan Barmer, uh, Dallas Earhart, uh, and forwards, uh, we've got Adam Barnes, who uh, was quite a promising uh, Brit for them. Um, it's quite nice stats. Uh, so last season um, he played 50 games uh, and got three points uh, but that's also tied in with the season with Blackburn Hawks uh, in the NIHL where he got uh, 22 points in 15 games he's definitely worthy up and coming uh, but it's not, not, not quite there in terms of um, 
uh, full-time senior squad member, but he's he's definitely working his way up, uh, especially at uh, okay, nine. 18, 19 years old as well, so it's pretty good. Um, in terms of uh, signings, uh, I, I, think, I think Adam Long is, is new, is that right? He came from halfway through the season last year. All oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. for joining from uh, Invid's Dynamo, where he played one game for Manchester last season. Uh, yeah, that's been He's another up and coming Brit by the looks of it. Um, a massive uh, signing for them uh, is, is one familiar to many fans, uh, especially Nottingham, and that's Matthew Gagnon, um, who uh, last season played uh, for the Brampton Beast in the East Coast League, played 31 games there, uh, not many points, but three assists in 31 games uh, before moving to uh, HDD Jessenis Je- uh, of the Alps League. Uh, formerly, before they joined back in Slovenia, where um, in 12 games, uh, 14 games, uh, sorry, uh, he got th- 13 points. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's had quite a break uh, from the actual um, sort of, you know, the sort of big leagues, I, I suppose, apart from Brampton. Um, didn't really do very much there. Um, obviously, being a fighter, he'd would, would, have had a lot of. Uh, fights obviously so uh, yeah it, it brings a big presence to Manchester um, obviously replacing Springer um, Springer would definitely miss to Manchester but I, I, I think they've definitely uh, upped it with the uh, sign of Gagnon he's definitely going to be out there for out there for blood definitely um, but yeah it's, it's looking good uh, looking good for them there they've also uh, added Zach Sullivan uh, from uh, Glasgow uh, we've got Scott Simmons uh, from uh, University of, of Guelph, uh, where he put 25 points in 28 games in the U Sports League. Uh, and they've also got Cody Thompson, uh, who joins uh, also from the University, the University of Guelph, uh, where he got 23 points in 27. And lastly, uh, they have Finley Ulrich, um, who is a Brit, and he has come from Northwood School in in the USA, uh, the USPHL under 18s, uh, two points in 16 games. So another up and coming Brit who, who's had a good experience from North America. Hopefully, will uh, will show what he's learned um, in in the elite league for Manchester, and, and uh, just we'll sort of have a wait and see what he's like. Andy, as a review goes, I'm disappointed you forgot to mention the key thing of it all, Gangan style. It was there for you to use, mate, and you've just let us down. Um, (laughs) Jokes aside, and the the next line is is a serious point. With Manchester not making the playoffs, that will hurt Finita. So he will he will be doing his utmost to make sure Manchester get back into the the top eight to you know not miss the playoffs. So far, they're building a team that's going to be very physical and tough to play in that barn. It's the other 30 games, the other half of the games that have to play outside of the barn. That will be the difference with Manchester doing the top eight or flirting with not making the playoffs again. So far, they've added they've added players that were okay for them. But this is a season saying about Storm that again they didn't do anything. Considering the year before they finished they finished second, 
So I'll I'll, I'll leave to, to Griff for the expert uh, opinion on this one, but it looks like they're building a team to play out uh, of Alta. It, yeah, it, it does look like we're building a team to play out of Alta. It's Ricky Fortress, like we have been doing, well, trying to be doing for the past few few seasons. It's more accurate trying. Yeah. We did all right last season at home. It was the way that we were terrible. I think losing players like, obviously, Kieran Long, but then losing Evan Richardson because he's going over to France. Dan Byers retiring. Bet five hated that, seeing him retire. With Luke Moffat also retiring as well. We've got... It looks like we're going to need to bring in some class players to, <laughs> and then also we may be losing Mike Hammond, who obviously is not re-signed with us. He might not be re-signing. We don't know yet. Hopefully he does personally, because I'd love to see Hammond back in a Storm jersey. But when he gets four goals in the World Championships against some of the best teams in some of the best players in the world can't really see that happening I'm looking forward to seeing the likes of Cody Thompson and Scott Simmons play I mean they've played together I think it was on the same line as well in the U Sports League at Guelph hopefully they can put on some good chemistry and get some good goals yeah, I think ideally, if you can get Simmons and Thompson playing on a line together, if you can get that as your third line, if you can bring in some big signings to bolster up a first and a second line, that you know, keep Hammond if you can, bring in some more players and bring in a strong second line. If you can have those guys down on the third line, you've got some great secondary scoring coming in. If you're pushing them up onto the second line, it puts a big question mark over the, over the team for me. You know they're, they're still young players. You know last last year they're both dabbling in 20 points uh, in 28 games for Guelph. But, you know it's hard to go off, and that's kind of the reason that I say if you're putting them on your third line, they're definitely going to be strong players to play on that third line. If they're going to be on the second, I'll wait 20 games into the season to give a proper idea because it is difficult to read off the kind of junior leagues and the youth sports leagues because they're still quite unknown. Um, but Finity seems to have this knack to bring in a couple of players a season um, that you kind of go, oh, that, that guy's, you know, he's just coming in from a juniors league. <sighs> Not many of them stick around, I guess, is the downside because if you can get players like that to stick around that are, you know, 24, 25 years old, you know, it's a great asset to have a player that's going to stick by long term. It's good to have that to build up with the fans. It's good to have that consistency throughout the team. Every team needs that player that understands the league, understands the team, understands the fan base and the mentality across, you know, for the team. And, um, you know, these kind of players, Finity seems to be good at bringing in, but doesn't seem to be very good at retaining. So, uh, be interesting to see what happens with those two. Um, Gagnon, great signing for me. Uh, as much as people want to brandish Manchester with the goon label over and over again, nothing wrong with a player that's going to throw his weight around. You you go into an arena when one when a team scores, one team's fans stand up. 
you go into an arena and there's a fight and everybody stands up. Everybody seems to forget that when they brandish in Manchester as a goon team. The fact that 90% of people that watch hockey, that might be a bit, a bit of an exaggeration, but a lot of people that started watching hockey watched hockey for that entertainment factor, for the big hits and the fights. And then all of a sudden, the big hits and the fights are being phased out and the one team that wants to grasp onto that you know, they're playing an old school, you know, a relatively old school closed in barn. You know, they've still got that old school mentality. They want to keep hold of those big hitters and those fighters as long as they can. And all of a sudden they're the goon team. It just baffles me. But for me, Gagnon's a great fit on this team. Good replacement for Springer. Upgrade on Springer. If you ask me, they couldn't have had this, you know, they couldn't have had both on the same team that they've been talking penalty minutes into the thousands by the end of the year. But, um, you know, two great players. Um, sorry, a great. Uh, you know, Springer goes to, to Glasgow, and I say I think he'll be a good fit there. But Gagnon for me for Manchester is a great upgrade. So it's looking good to the direction that Manchester are going, and they just need to bring in. If they can bring back Hammond, that's a great start. If not, they need to be bringing in three or four top end players that are going to be bringing in points. And that's that's the bottom line for Manchester. They need to get rid of the reason that Manchester have got this goon image is A, because they're holding on to that old school hockey, they're holding on to the fights and the hits and that's you know, that nitty gritty rink rat hockey that Finity made a career on. But also, the other reason is they've not had the greatest of success over the last couple of years. I know they came as its second you came the year before last, but then didn't make didn't but then didn't make the final four in playoffs. They need to start pushing for silverware before they're gonna get rid of this goon thing title and the only way they're going to do that is by making three or four groundbreaking signings that are going to really turn this team around I think two points to to finish off in terms of Manchester one in terms of the, the goon tag fans want characters they clamour for characters they say it's all vanilla you get Manchester with a couple of characters Gagnon's one of them he'll be one hell of a character but there you go we're scared of characters but a last question I'll ask uh, Gareth you know when you're you're beginning. Uh, sorry, Gareth. I'm, I'm going formal. Uh, it's nearly Sunday. Um, <laughs> it's nearly Sunday. You know, you know, you know, you get the players in and you kind of tell them the, the do's and don'ts and whatnot. Is one of them going to be as to which end of the ice to go to after handshakes? No, that's just for up and Kirkcaldy. That's fine. Man- Manchester have in- invested in some like portable neon signs. Do you know, what they're, they're basically what they're going to do is they're, they're going to sign two players that aren't going to play, a little bit like Andrew Sharp, and all they're going to do at the end of the game is they're going to have two light-up sticks and they're going to wave the team over. Brilliant. Does anybody else have anything to add on Manchester or are we going to move on from them? By the way, how cringy was that? Video for the Canyon style. That was not even It was even cringier. It was even cringier than the number of fans that have come out afterwards and said, "Oh, Canyon, I'll be a good fit because he's a ghoul." So you know, yeah. No, I wasn't even going to mention the video to be fair because it's just I don't even know what to say. But hey, unbelievable, Jeff. Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> So, anybody else have anything to add on Manchester, or are we good to go from there? We can move on. We can move on. The one team that you'd probably expect to have a lot of time and a lot of players signed up by this point are probably the team that have actually, I think, on a swift look, have got the fewest players so far. Uh, The Nottingham Panthers. 
bit of a weird one. I think if you're a Steelers fan, you had a little bit of a giggle at their recent announcement. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go through Nottingham. So, obviously, we, we've already known that Guillaume Doucette was signed as the director of hockey. He was going to take over that GM role. Um, and then they just announced, just this weekend, on, I think it was, was it Thursday, Friday last week? It was just as we the stag, wasn't it? Yeah. So, Thursday last week, they announced that the man taking the reins this year, the man that will be coaching them, is Tim Wallace. Obviously coached or helped out with coaching in MK last year. year before that was obviously lacing up in Sheffield. Uh, there's no players out as confirmed as of yet. Um, however, re-signed. They've got Oli Betteridge, Guillaume Lapine, John Riolt and Josh Tetlow. What do we think to that, boys? It's not a great deal to discuss there. I guess the main thing is Tim Wallace, really. Strange is probably the best way to go about it. Um, the most polite way to go about it. Well, no, I think we'll, go, we'll stay with it because here's the thing. Their last guy that was a rookie coach didn't do too bad. Um, he brought them that elusive league title and his name's in the, in the rafters. Wallace is probably, in terms of playing pedigrees, a lot higher than, than Corey Nielsen. And you hear this, you hear from, from Milton Keynes that, that the way he coached the team towards the end of the season, actually there was a lot of respect very quickly gained from being a guy who was a player on the team to actually then becoming the leader. So I think he'll do all right in terms of transitioning from being helping out coaching, should we say at Milton Keynes, to actually being the, the main guy in Nottingham. But then it comes to the pressures of being the coach of the Nottingham Panthers. They brought in a guy last year that had the resume that should have uh, you know, kept him well. Just didn't work. The thing is with Wallace, he knows the league. It'll be his third season in the league. He knows the ins and outs. He'll have some great contacts, you'll assume, through his playing career. Um, and the same with Doucette, in fairness. You know, they'll have the ability to work together and, and, and put up uh, a team that should challenge. The re-signings... They're good players for the Panthers, and I'm not going to say anything more. Not out of disrespect, I just don't think there's, they're not as. You look at other teams and they go, you know, you would re-sign that guy. Tetler's probably the one I'd go, yeah, he'd re-sign. Um, I'd have Betteridge as well. Better, sorry, Betteridge. He had a decent tournament in, in Slovakia, so apologies to him. He probably out of the four, them two, you'd be the ones that would say, yeah, you'd, you'd, go, you'd keep them. But I, I think that, it, you know, it's. it's the team they're going to put together, I think it's going to be an entertaining one. I think Nottingham will be dangerous to watch if everything that everyone, with the assumptions that people make about Wallace and, and his potential address book, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what he will bring to the table um, down at the NIC. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I would have said Betteridge as well, especially after the tournament he had. It Looking at the players that they've currently re signed, I think Brett Pellini is another one that's probably a good one for now. He's past two seasons he's done well. He he's done well club level and international level for G B. Yeah. He's one of those players that you if you can, you'd want him on your team. Well, shut up down. Yeah, 100%. One that was quite surprising for me, one re-signing, was uh, Chris Stewart. Um, 
23 games, 13 points. That's not bad going at all. But it is for a guy that's just come out of the NHL, though. Yeah, but when we saw him in that uh, first semi-final against Cardiff, he, he didn't look very bothered at all in, in that game. Um, certainly, he's been non-existent throughout some of the back end of, of, of last season. With that scoreline, I don't think many of them were bothered, were they? <laughs> I was. The one uh, what I'm very happy with, well, for Nottingham, is um, Joshua Tetlow. Um, very, very uh, good up-and-coming up, up guy, uh, 21 years old. Um, six foot six, uh, twenty-one years old. I mean, jeez. Chara's got some competition, hasn't he? It's uh, yeah. Again, he had a very good um, playoff uh, semi-final. Uh, scored a, a fantastic shot from the point. Absolute bullet. No chance. No chance for the goalie. A beautiful goal. Um, again, nothing to shout about. Four points in sixty games. But um, he's he's earning his way definitely into in staying in, into uh, staying up with the Panthers full time, and yes, six games was obviously his uh, most games he's played with Nottingham, uh, but very very good. Uh, good fourth liner is he's got good good D skills and um, yeah, you can see great things from him going forward. Weren't he in the kind of the final uh, pack uh, for GB before the final cut? Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. So I, I must admit, he'll be the one that will be making that pack of players over the next five, ten years. Um, so long as he keeps the upward curve that he in himself, his personal game is, is going. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, Tetlow, as, as you say, six foot six, he's a huge guy on skates. Um, uh, you know. 60 games for Nottingham last year, minus two overall. And he wasn't getting minimal ice time. You know, you noticed him out there a fair few times. For a a 21-year-old kid to come into his first full season in the Elite League, play 60 games, and have a minus two. That's insane. He's only been on the ice for two more goals against than he has goals for. That's crazy for a D-man that's probably going to be playing on their third line. A um, lot of potential in Tetlow. I, you know, if, if we had room in our Brit pack, I'd love to see him in Sheffield, but our Brit pack's just about full to bust at the moment, so don't really see a space for him there. Guy Lapine, um one of the most disappointing players of last season. Uh, and I imagine even more so if you're a Nottingham fan. And just to rub the salt in the wound, he was last year's captain. I, you just, I just, 113 penalty minutes last year from 55 games and a minus five overall. The guy, when he played for Nottingham last, he had such a spark about his play. And I appreciate what we said before, you know, that kind of play that hits the fights, he's transitioning out of the game. But the thing is, people like Zach Fitzgerald, when that role was transitioning out, still found a way to be relevant. And I just think last year, whenever I saw the Nottingham Panthers come to Sheffield when we went to Nottingham in Boxing Day, when we saw him in the you know in the playoffs, I don't think once I went, oh, Lapine's out. You know, I, I, it was only when I specifically sat there five minutes into the third period and thought, you know what, I've not noticed Lapine today. 
So, I, I, for me, 100% one of the most disappointing players of last year. Um, Betteridge, great signing for them. Again, young up-and-coming player. Always good to see a team have that kind of secondary brick pack kind of, you know, he's not old, he's going to be going for a long time and it's always a good player to have. Pellini, as we've already said, brilliant. Um, good player to have on the team. John Real strikes me as another odd one to have re-signed. 16 points from 30 games for an American forward. I'd have thought Nottingham could do better. Unless they're specifically saying to him, you're sitting on the third line or lower. I'd have thought Nottingham could do better. But, you know, he may come out and have a better season this year. You never know. Nottingham didn't have the best of years last year, as, as they'll be the first to admit. Obviously shown by the fact that they got rid of Schoenemars as well. Um, and then the last, um, obviously, being Chris Stewart. Again, I agree with you, Andy, to an extent. 13 points from 23 games coming in two-thirds of the way into the season. Not bad going. But from a guy that's just... I mean, he... He played one game for Hamilton Steelhawks in the ACH that season. The 17-18 season, he played 54 games in the NHL. A guy that's played 54 games in the NHL last season should be putting up more than 13 points in 23 games. So, again, I, I wonder if he's just kind of come over here and thought, you know what, we'll see what we can get. Um but coaching-wise, I, I don't know. I, I have to admit, as primar primarily, I think we all giggled at it. But Wallace has got a hell of a lot of experience behind him. Don't necessarily think the contacts are as important because, obviously, they've got Doucette to be that director of hockey, general manager kind of role. So you would, you'd probably imagine he'll be doing a lot of the recruitment. But still, I mean, the guy's played 380 games in the AHL and 100 games in the NHL. He's got a lot of experience. And again, he's going to be one of those guys that when he talks in the changing room, everybody's going to listen. So what better to transition into a coaching role than a player like that? And also, they hit injury problems. He's going to he's, he'll be lacing his skates up. So. Also as well, um, he's got something more than any other coach in the league has right now. And that's respect, especially for taking the job up at MK. as coach yeah. stepping up to that role. Um, trying to bring out the best in a team that was basically failing. You know, you've got to have respect for a guy like that who was willing to step up, do the best he can in what he does. And he, he, he won everybody over. The whole league, he, he just won over by him. So he's got massive respect from everyone, everyone in this league. And that's a massive, uh, big value to have. Yeah, 100%. Anybody else anything to add for Nottingham? I say, with John resigning, the season before he played for Panthers, he got 21 points in 47 games. Playing for one of your new favourite teams. One of my new favourite teams? Yeah, Klagenfurt. I was just going to say, is it Klagenfurt? <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear that name again. Klagenfurt. And you get a jersey from Klagenfurt. The jerseys are boring, though. They don't say Klagenfurt on them. <laughs> but, yeah... Does anybody else have anything to add? Or are we moving on to uh, the, the the last team? Done. Done. Sound. So the last team that we've got is obviously the Sheffield Steelers. Um, not by design. I know we've got three Steelers fans on the podcast, but it is literally just been done in alphabetical order. Um, so I'm trying to think who can kick it off. Dave, would you like to run through the Steelers and the ins and outs and 
re-signings. Yeah, we said that the Panthers didn't have a good season. Uh, then Sheffield kind of went to hold my beer, and I'll show you how it's done properly. As years gone, it probably were. Last season was probably the worst season that they've had for a long time. However, already a bit of optimism in what's been done. So Barrasso isn't behind the bench. In comes Aaron Fox, we mentioned previously, um, from uh, Zagreb, where John Armstrong played last year. And he's brought in, uh, Brennan Connolly has mentioned, Alex Graham, a youngster from the Sheffield Academy, Jonas Lewing uh, from Sweden, 36-year-old, uh, and Mark Oliver Valorand, uh, forward. Resigned already was John Armstrong, Kieran Brown, Anthony DeLuca, Robert Dowd, Jordan Griffin, Ben O'Connor, David Phillips, Jonathan Phillips, Brandon Whistle, Jackson Whistle. The player gone out is Brad Day, who is now a start, is the starting goalie for the Telford Tigers. Um, very good servant to the Steelers. And, and you know, never give everything every time he had the opportunity to play in his, his time uh, as backup to Mustakovs and and Jackson Whistle. And just, like I say, the, the season was, was poor to Sheffield standard. But there's a vibe that just thinks things will be... Um, it'll be good, we'll be fine, we'll actually have a good season. And then you look at the, the type of player brought in, uh, apart from Jonas, there's, there's, a, there's an edge to him. So, I, if I'm honest, if that's going to be the continual stream of player signed, um, I think we're going to be entertained. There's not going to be a boring game. There, something will happen within the game, so you know the fans will be getting the money's worth. I must admit, I've got to say to Lewing, he looks like... Um, Quality pickup, uh, even at his age of 36. Um, any other previous Steelers coach signed a 36 year old Swede, the, the fans would be crucifying him, but this one's a good one. And you look at his stats at DL and Olfenska for D man, and we're talking previous year in past two years, plus on the plus minus. The only time he's had a minus on that was when he played in the SHL. And in fairness, it's the SHL. It's SHL, exactly. If you're going to have a plus in SHL, you're not going to be playing in the Elite League unless you are really breaking the bank. So, And he's, his report is very much power play use. Uh, got a great shot on the point. I'm looking forward to seeing this player. Because, um, like I said, he's played in leagues that are fast. And to be able to keep up, A, in these leagues, given his age, he's got to be quick. So, I'm, I'm so far... There's obviously other players to sign and whatnot, but I'm looking forward to seeing him play in Sheffield next year. Yeah, I'm, I, I'd agree with that. As a D-man myself, I, I'm looking forward to watching Jonas play. Last season, got 28 points in 51 games. And the al that's really good. I mean, even when he was playing in the, the DAL in 2015-16, he was, put, he was in the plus... Icons is as a player, a D man that you're going to get, it's going to be an upgrade to some of the D men you had last season. I mean, it's good for you guys, bad for the rest of the league. That makes a change. <laughs> oh, yeah, as always. I mean, you're going to have at least one line that's going to be fast and gritty. And you know your 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 budget Brad Marchand player in Brendan Connolly. It's like Poundland version. 
I don't know what's worse. You've just associated us with Philadelphia saying we're going to be gritty. I'm going to say, the yeah. The fact that you just said we've just signed a budget by Brad Marchand. Oh, I'm trying to get all the, the insults in right now. Just for you, Joe. Love you, mate. Cheers. <laughs> I think... Oh, sorry. Wait. Sorry, I was going to say, with Connolly, DeLuca and Valorant on the same line, that's going to be fast. And that's going to be a nightmare for most elite league defence this season. Yeah, the player that I'm, I'm most looking forward to uh, right now is the most recent signing, Brendan Connolly. Um, I'd love to see um, him and uh, Valorant as they have played before uh, the Greenville Road Warriors before they came the Swamp Rabbits uh, 2010 all the way through to 2013 uh, they played pretty much together uh, I'd love to see if they still have that same chemistry um, I mean in Connolly's first season with Greenville 50 points in 45 games is very good and uh, just compare that to uh, Valorant's 55 points in 59 games. So you can imagine them two on the same line together putting up points like those. It's going to be hell for any other any other team. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing if 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 they've still got the uh, the same as, as as what they did a few years ago. That'd be fantastic and just one amazing piece of uh, a, a potential first line perhaps. Uh, but I can definitely see them two lighting it up uh, for Sheffield. Um, very much looking forward to seeing them both play. Yeah, what I like to hear from Aaron Fox, and I think I think when you look at this roster, there's so many players that Sheffield have brought in. DeLuca was my number one priority signing from last year. I, I don't have the same attachments to Tanner Eberle that most of the Steelers fan base seem to have. Um Good player, energy player, makes the hits. But as, as as Fox has frequently said in his interviews, the problem is he's overvaluing himself based on his point percent, point structure from last year. Obviously, we don't know what kind of money he's asking for, so we can't go from that. But, you know, Fox can only go off the points that he's put up in Sheffield last year, and he didn't put up nearly as many as, as Eberle, as Tanner himself, will probably have hoped. So... You know, that that's one thing. But DeLuca was the number one priority signing for me from last year. Straight away, we go to the fan forum. First player that's announced prematurely. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, bringing in then, you know, Valorant was a fantastic sign to bring in. And I think, I think we all remember Valorant playing uh, previously in the, the Elite League. Uh, and then, obviously, Connolly as well, another great player. But the thing is, when you listen to Fox... He's not even he's not tying himself to what's going to be a first line player. Even Valorant with the, with his point percent with with his points last last time he played in the Elite League, when asked if he was a first line player, he, he said he's he's got the caliber of a first line player. But if I can find better to go on the first line, then I will. And it, it's that it's that optimism and it's that aspiration to get the best possible roster that he can get that is really going to drive Sheffield forward following a bad season last year. So definitely going to be interesting to see. Living on the defence as well will be a great asset. 36 years old, he's played in the SHL, knows what he's doing. And as you say, David, 36-year-old playing in the Al Svenskan. 
I'm expecting similar skating ability to Jonathan Phillips there, to be fair. Maybe slightly slower because Jonathan Phillips, I still think he's one of the fastest skaters in the league, even at 36. But expecting similar to that, I mean, the Alsvenskan, you've got to think the Swedish juniors are feeding into the Alsvenskan. That is not a slow league. And for a 36-year-old to be putting up plus minuses of plus every year, it's insane. But living is consistent, and that's one of the things as well. You look at his point production, he's got a good point production from a D-man, and it's consistent year in, year out, uh, which is another thing that you've got to look for, particularly at that kind of age. No, I agree with you uh, in terms of the um, the comparison to Phillips. Uh, you know, the whole world know how quick he is, especially the French. Um, he, and guy, you know, at that age, I, I will throw it. Au Salut. They're fantastic. Um, but no, serious point, it, you know, if, if he's able to compete in that league, he will be as quick. And I think the transition player that we didn't kind of have that much in Sheffield last year, having that type of player will, you know, add that dimension. And I think it's, it's needed. The whole season needs to be a complete polar opposite to what happened last year for Sheffield. Because for everyone that they've enjoyed the fact that Sheffield had a poor season, to the point where you hardly have the traditional chat at the playoffs... And you know that's when Sheffield have a bad season when you hardly have that chance. Um, they need to have something that just really re-sparks everything um, and just gets the results that just keeps the fan base supporting the team. I mean, you know, every team will have that. Every team will want that. But in terms of a team that probably really need to, you know, flip the coin and really be something different to from season to season, probably is Sheffield. Yeah, we've missed that spark as well with that that kind of that gritty player as well, haven't we? I mean, as much as I don't like the phrase as, as Greff used it, you know, we've, we've missed that kind of rink rap player and uh, Connolly's going to bring that spark as well as a point production spark as well. So definitely looking like we're going to get a kick up the backside that we need. And look at the history of the Steelers. It's all based on the rink rap. Verban, Perron, Affinity. Uh, players who are... Tyler Michel. Tyler Michel. Players who are... Exactly, but players who are endeared by the fan base, you know, and all ages, all that same type of player. Yeah, bang on, bang on. Does anybody else have anything to add for Sheffield, or are we done on the team kind of recaps? You're all quiet, so I'm going to assume that's it, we're done. I think we're done, yeah. So, all being well, um, we'll be recording again next week rather than having a two-week break. And all being well, uh, we'll be able to go back to these are the signings that have been made and let's discuss them. Um, this is more of a, an easy way for us to recap everything without going completely over a time margin of some sort. I mean, we were already going to be over two hours, I think, but obviously it, it was a way of us keeping the, the timings down. Um so, yeah, hopefully we'll be back into uh, being able to discuss signings in more detail next week. Uh, but it is the moment that Dave must have been gritting his teeth and waiting for ever since the draw. It's, of course, the, that, that buzzword, those three letters that send the shiver of excitement down Dave's spine every time he hears it. It's the CHL. So, Dave, I'm going to throw it over to you. <laughs> Try and make it brief because we are going towards the two-hour mark. Yeah, I will do. Um, but I won't lie, it was the the thing I was looking forward to whilst trans- travelling from Kachitsa to Bratislava. So yeah, the group's um, draw has been made, and I'll go through quickly. Um, Joe, straight away, you'll enjoy this. Group A: Klagenfurt, Tapra, Biel, Bienna, Switzerland, Friskaska. In what a group! group. What a group for names. Group B: Hamelina, uh, Ibizug, P. 
Pilsen and Rungstead. Good old Rungstead from Denmark. Uh, Group C, which is the first of the British contingent, Lulia of Sweden, uh, Liberec, Osberger and the Giants uh, in Group C. I like the fact you didn't try and say the full name for Liberec, by the way. Uh, Bill Tigreil There you go. Group D, uh, Trinek, Lausanne, Lachy Pelicans and Yunos Minsk. Group E, SC Bern, Karapat, Skerefta and Grenoble. Group F, Aldermanheim, Diergarden, Vienna Capitals, Tichy of Poland. Group G, Fargistad, Red Bull Munich, Ambi Piotr of Switzerland and Banske Bistrika. Uh, best for his new team. Group H, we is the last group and the last group for the, the British involvement for London Indians, the Giants of European Hockey, Bratz 99, Mountfield, I'm surprised they even want to be in it again this year, and the Cardiff Devils. So that starts at the end of August, and I'm sure that I'll be able to get many references in the first few months of the CHL draw. Some good groups there, some good interesting ties, and if you're a Cardiff fan, get in to go to Frölunda, you lucky so-and-sos. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to throw it around to everybody because, in fairness, it's not a great deal at this point to discuss. Um, you know, we've got the matchups. It's very much a case if we find out before the British involvement of them. We've got a grit of teeth and wait and see what the outcome is. Um, Cardiff have got a difficult group there, obviously, with Frölunda. Mountfield, they were beaten by Nottingham, weren't they, like, in the, in the time that they went through to the knockouts? I believe Dave was frozen again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. time. Dave's yeah. frozen right in his favourite point. Uh, he was in his zone as well, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was fully... Yeah, I think confused. it was when Panthers beat Mountfield, and then Mountfield complained, saying they shouldn't, they shouldn't be in that, the CHL. Really? They, got, they got beat by an elite league team. Oh, Crimea River. Exactly. Uh, but no, I mean, they've got a hard group, haven't they? Frelunda and uh, Grass 99ers. Uh, and then obviously Belfast as well, Liberec and Lulia. Um, don't really know a lot about Augsburger, but yeah, we'll move on to the question. Dave's back with us. Uh, we were just saying you, you were cut down in your stride there, mate. Um, Terrible. Not so, worse. The thing was, I was asking a question and waiting for a response from you, and I think, I think <laughs> Ref and Andy were holding back waiting for you to respond. Um but it's fine, we've sorted it. Um, so fine. I'll go straight through to the question that we've got from Joe. Um, we obviously put out for questions on social media. Do ping us back with any questions that you've got. The one question that we've got this week, other than a question from Adam Cookson of who is Gareth Dutton, the question on everybody's mind, I'm going to keep the hashtag going, uh, but a question from Joe in relation to the CHL is which of the CHL trips are you most interested in going on? I guess there's a question of overall, ideally, and overall, realistically, because I think we'd all like to go to Frölunda. Can't confirm. Yeah. Done it before. Me and Andy's bit. It's all that for me and Andy. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Just saying it. And it's also Tuesday night, so it's kind of like the worst night they could have a, a trip to Sweden. Um, I think I'm, I'm, if I was to pick one, it's probably the, the German uh, team that the Giants have got, Osberg. Uh, I'm intrigued it's not far from Munich, so uh, a nice trip to Bavaria. Can't be we too could, bad. We could, see, we could try and see Red Bull play, uh, play someone as well. Yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. Who, 
you know, that's tying a, a nice little trip there. Yeah. Planning is in motion. <laughs> I'm liking the, you know, you know Munich uh, Bistrica. That'd be a, an interesting one. Now, let's just forget it now. The one trip we all want to go on, we want to go and see Klagenfurt <laughs> versus Tapara. It's got to happen. Oh, is it Klagenfurt uh, Friskaska? <laughs> that one would probably be the best. It would, wouldn't it? Oh, Friskaska Tapara. The, the, do you know what? That, that group is just gold. <laughs> The group, you know, that, that group you know if you take out EHCBLBN and you put in Karapat instead, you've just got the most amazing <laughs> names in the same group. Oh. But anyway, back on topic. So, Dave, so you're saying Augsburger, um, Belfast, I'm presuming. Yes. Andy? Ideally, you know, I, I would not say no to a trip to Gothenburg again. Uh, beautiful city, beautiful main arena as well. And, uh, a very impressive secondary in, in, in the Flunderburg as well. So I think realistically, um, possibly um, a home game uh, in Cardiff against Flunder. Possibly. Um, not sure, but um, I think that'd be a great series. Um, and very much one that Cardiff should very look forward to. It'd, it'd be fantastic to see a team like Flunder there uh, and, and just enjoy it because they've got some incredible players on that team. And uh, no matter score, It'll be, it'll be a good game to watch. I've got to ask a question to Andy straight away. If the, the ideal trip to back to Gothenburg, is that so you can um, tell the bouncer uh, that you are of legal age um, after the um, the incident last time? Yeah, well, thankfully I've, I've found my, uh, <laughs> my uh, driving license, so yeah, it should be okay now. <laughs> I should get in fine. <laughs> Did you not have your passport? Well, not on me. That was back there, there, there's a great story to that, but we ain't got the time yeah. for that on this episode. But there's a great story for that now. Okay, well, you may, you may hear that on a later episode. We'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> I haven't. I don't even know what you're talking about. So, um, Gref, what's your ideal trip? Ideal trip would be to Frölunder. See Frölunder v Cardiff in Gothenburg. But then, realistically, it would be the Augsburg against Giants that would be pretty good staying going Munich watch Munich as well or even trip over to the borders and go to Klagenfurt go and watch them against Chris Asker yeah yeah exactly yeah (laughs) I have to say this is a very very this is a very like sideward motion of what we're talking about Zdeno Chara is playing in today's NA, in today's Stanley Cup game. Fair play to Just to put it into perspective for anybody who doesn't know, we'll, we'll have a brief NHL cap just on who we think is going to win the Stanley Cup. But Zdeno Chara took a puck to the was it to the jaw as he broke his jaw. Jaw. I'm sure his jaw's um, wide up. It was pretty well speculated that he wasn't going to be playing in game five as far as I'd heard so uh, sorry that just surprised me to see him out there with his face cage on but hey how it's uh, it's possibly his last standing cup final so anyway sorry cyber emotion um, I just noticed that um, for me I don't know there's a lot there's a lot that I'd like to go to I mean Belfast in Lulia wouldn't be it wouldn't be a bad shout um, well it's not a good place yeah I'm just not about the hockey Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I think we all know the, the ideal would be for Lunder. Um, 
I didn't get to go and see Steelers play out there, so it'd be great to see Frulunda uh, and Cardiff. Again, without wanting to sound like a broken record, I think the most realistic could be Augsburger versus Belfast if if, um, if we were going to do any. Uh, the purse strings definitely take the uh, <laughs> certainly dictate the journey, if any. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. So if the purse strings are, do we say MFZ on the road? MFZ on tour. Can we get T-shirts made this time? Maybe. <laughs> if the purse strings will stretch that far. <laughs> We'll you know what we could have, Dave? We could have socky jerseys made. You know how much I love wearing oh. socky jerseys? <laughs> you, you know, you haven't mentioned it for a while, mate. I haven't. I just thought I'd, I thought oh. I'd bring that one back to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem, mate. No problem. So, there, there's your answer. Um, I think, realistically for us all, it'd be Augsburger versus, uh, versus Belfast. Um, moving on from the CHL then, Dave, I, I apologise to disappoint you like that and uh, to move on uh. from, uh, Beloved. Well, you know, if you didn't freeze, then maybe you'd, you'd have more time to speak about it, but hey-ho. Um, I'll make up for it next time. The next thing I've got written down on the agenda, it's only a brief thing, but it's just a note. Uh, Max Brebrier has announced his retirement, uh, which I just thought was worth a shout. 38 years old. Um, you know, he's played. Let's have a look. 321 games in the Elite League in total for Cardiff. Um, you know, a great player for Cardiff. I think... Uh, if I remember rightly, had a bit of a um, had a bit of a an affiliation to head checks at one point. He did like to, he got a bit of a string of uh, a string of bands for head checks, as far as I remember. But a great you know great career for Cardiff. You look at his, his seasons: oh nine ten season, fifty four points, fifty eight sorry fifty four games, fifty eight points, fifty four games, sixty eight points a year after. I mean, he's averaged a point per game pretty pretty much in most of his seasons, other than the last couple, obviously where he tailed off also played for Israel which is uh, is definitely one to, to note as a, as a bit of a different one but just thought I'd give it a mention obviously a guy that's played a lot of years in, in the Elite League was was a pretty iconic player for Cardiff at one point as well um, so yeah just thought I'd give that a mention also yeah. played for H- Hale Bronner Falcon who was obviously who uh, Nicky Forum's gone to play for yeah, was, a, was a great player in his prime for Cardiff was an entertainer uh, you knew you were going to be entertained when he was on the ice. So, um, congratulations on, on a great career for uh, Be Brave. Exactly. Um, so, the next thing, and I, I, I've got to say, we'll make this quick because I, I'm very aware that we're probably over to our mark now. But it's just something that I want to know. The Steelers put out on Twitter um, a few days ago that they wanted people to send in jersey designs. Um and then you get the usual comments, uh, as you get across all teams, about sponsorship. And it doesn't matter what jersey design you've got, it's going to be destroyed by sponsorship and the amount of sponsors. So my question, plain and simple, and I suspect I know, I'm going to know the answer. It's possibly even more to prove a point at one, in one aspect. But would you rather have a nice jersey or more sponsors because it's getting to that point now where people are complaining about sponsors that much you just think you actually just suggested to get less sponsors because that seems daft to me I want to throw a third option in I'm going to say both you can have the nice jersey with the sponsors it's possible you just have to design it well sacrifice one or the other and not not design your shirt around the sponsors but design a nice shirt with your sponsors on there if you had to sacrifice one or the other, which one would you rather sacrifice? 
what the simple question what brings in the more money what 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 can afford an AHL you know the difference between an AHL and a fourth line East Coast player if it's more sponsors then sponsors win every time if they bring the money in um, but the point I was saying you have both we you look in, in European leagues and there's a lot more sponsors on the shirts and on the ice um, so you know, I think sometimes elite league teams are pretty well on the on, well off with it in terms of number of sponsors on the shirts but sponsors every time they bring the money in and it's you know it's a cash business I agree sponsors all the time brings in money which can help develop Team GB as a whole and also can help develop the league getting better if I choose one of them definitely sponsors you know we're uh, it's definitely money that, that they bring in that uh, the club just cannot, you know. You know, what I mean, they've been that additional help that all clubs need. Uh, but I do, agree, I do, I do agree with Dave. If you've got a format where you can have both, like wear one, uh, you can have a nice jersey, but with the um, background, like the white background of a logo cut out, so it's just the actual logo uh, in like a in like a sort of like white format, so it's not too blended in with jersey. I think just to make it a bit more smarter. But yeah, definitely sponsors all the time for me. I'll give you a classic example. Um, it's just one that we saw in Slovakia was last year's Kasitsa home jersey. Absolutely covered in sponsors, but a beautiful design. Smart, clean, but plenty of sponsors. It's doable. you just got to be able to design it. It's not easy. It's not a case of uh, you know uh, working using art, uh, paint on a computer. It does take some doing, but it's doable. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I know I, I know that that side's doable, but it's just the amount of people that like make a design and then go, oh, it's going to be destroyed by sponsors, and you just think, yeah, but the sponsors are what is driving us as a team. It's the sponsors are what's allowing us to make the signings that we make and play the hockey that we want to see. Like, I'm not being funny, but the, the jerseys are going to sell anyway. You, you will not have a club that will think, we need to design the shirt around the sponsors. They will just have the shirts done, and then the sponsors will be put on. And what they'll do is they'll make sure that the sponsors have got the sufficient room that they've paid for. End of. Yep. So that's every club. That's not just Sheffield, Nottingham, Glasgow. Cardiff will be the same. Belfast will be the same. Everyone Smaller will be. scale teams will be the same. Exactly. You know, even probably even more so. So. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It may even be something that we put out on social media. As I say, I think it, I feel like it's more just a prove a point, but it's just that argument that creeps up, and it just it just it annoys me to see the amount of complaints about sponsorship, um, and it, it's just like the naivety of some people that just don't understand the importance of the sponsors. I, I assume they probably even do. I just don't see the point in complaining about it. It might cost us a nicer jersey. Yes, I'd love to see, you know, NHL jerseys are, are, are nicer because they're not covered in sponsors, but, you know, we're not in the position where we're funded like the NHL. So, uh, yeah, I, as I say, that was the only reason I thought I'd throw it in there. Um, we'll move on now to the last couple of things on the agenda. Um, obviously, I've just mentioned today, Chara playing in game five for Boston. It's currently ongoing. Anybody who wants to know, it's nil-nil. Boston have had six shots on goal and St. Louis have had two. Um, we're about... Five minutes into the first period right now. I want to know what you guys think to who's going to be lifting the cup this year. Anyone but Boston, so St. Louis. I think uh, Glory is going to be singing about the Stanley Cup after game six. Uh, I think St. Louis is going to do it. 
Unfortunately, I think Boston, uh, Bruins in six. That was always one. Unfortunately, unfortunately, realistically. <laughs> uh, I have to agree with Andy, although I'll say in seven, but I just can't see past Boston. I'd love to see past Boston. I think if St. Louis win tonight, then it's a different ball game. I just can't see past Boston. Uh, and it kills me to say that because anybody who knows me will know how much I hate Boston. It does me too. Um, I think we just need yeah. a, a, another win for St. Louis so we can go, Alexa, play Gloria. I think that's what we just need to happen. Just one more win. Win we're fine. It does, that's true. But I think, oh. St. Louis, I think St. Louis 6. Fair play. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll come back to it next week. Uh, and next week we should know um, what the situation is, who's lifting the cup. And there's a penalty for St. Louis as well, just as we said that. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, we'll know who lifts the cup this time next week. So we'll obviously have a bit more of a recap. I just thought I'd see what your guys' predictions were ahead of time. Um, because we know what we're like for predictions. A 50-50 split, so we can't technically be wrong across the podcast now, which is always good, um, because we know what we've been like in the past for predictions, so that's always nice. Um, The last thing, the rumours game. And I'm going to throw it back over to Dave again in a minute. But last week, or well, last episode, should we say, the rumour that we gave was Ben Bounds uh, trading to... Tapara, I believe, wasn't it? Yep. Yep, so you probably guessed it. We didn't put it up on social media. I apologise, that's my bad. Um, but you probably guessed it. It was a made-up rumour. Um, some substance to the, the rumours of Bouncy leaving the Devils, some substance to him going abroad. I believe, as far as we've all heard, the only main rumour has been Denmark. I've heard a very weak one for Germany, but it's, it, the, the odds... In terms of what's been out there, is Denmark. Yeah, so no sort of set in stone move yet, but the rumours are if he does leave Cardiff, it's Denmark, or as Dave says, very, very vague rumours in Germany. But yeah, the Tapper uh, rumour was completely uh, fabricated by us, so you're welcome for that one. Um, Dave, what is this week's rumour? This week's is another throwback to the world champs. However, this is UK-based purely. Um the rumour that we're hearing uh, is that there's going to be a, a trade between uh, two teams uh, with their GB players. The teams are Nottingham and Guildford. Now, the names of the players aren't clear yet, but I'm hearing very strong and good rumours that there's going to be a trade announced maybe within the next, a period of time with a couple of GB players. One going back down to Guildford and one obviously... Um, venturing to Nottingham so there's your rumour for the week uh, I will try and remember to put it on social media but if not anyway have a think let us know what you reckon um, but yeah that's your rumour for the week and obviously next episode we will tell you whether that was fabricated or whether that was true so that'd be like a, an end to a, would I lie to you isn't it um, yes but yeah, I think, gents, unless anybody's got anything else to add, I think that brings us to the end of the agenda. Andy's shaking his head and then nodding, so I'm not quite sure what that means. I need a wee. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll bring We've been holding it for so long, it's, it's just not going to work anymore. Just please end it. <laughs> 
My God. All right. Well, Andy's spoken. He needs a wee, so we'll end the podcast for this week. Please listen next week. We will not give you any more of Andy's toilet um, routines. Um, but, yeah. Um, well, for now, it's uh, Andy, thank you very much for oversharing to the uh, to the uh, audience and to us. You are very welcome, everyone. Uh, thank you, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Gref. Thanks, everyone listening. Gref, thank you for washing that horrendous pink dye out of your hair and going back to brown. No problem. Thank you for having me. And also, for this weekend... Go team Red Rose. Are you going to spray paint your air red? Yeah, you. Shut up, Gref. <laughs> Bad language. No, I won't. I think we all know that it's going to be Team White Rose that's going to take the win this weekend. For those who don't know, the four of us are playing in a in a, in a Yorkshire v Lancashire game uh, in Oldshire on on Sunday. So if you're around the uh, around the Manchester area, feel free to drop by. So what 6 p.m. face off is it? 6pm yeah. face-off for game one of the test series. 6pm face-off, you can see me, Dave and Andy beat Greth as the White Rose are obviously going to win. <laughs> um, so, yeah, feel free to pop in if you're around there. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Greth. And, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Despite the number of freezers, we've managed to make it to the end. That many freezers, I should be working for Iceland. No, thank you very much. Uh, thanks <laughs> to Andy and Greth. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. Yeah, thank you to everybody for listening for another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thanks a lot. <laughs>